Milwaukee is a world-class city where a businessman with big ideas decided to build a hotspot where the city's elite could gather. But his love for the place lasted well beyond his time on Earth. His lingering presence has startled employees, frightened guests, and terrified a whole lot of professional baseball players. This week's episode is The Fister, Baseball's Most Haunted Hotel. Fills with dread, probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless, you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who? Sinister Fister, I hardly know her. <laughs> At one point you go, we're going to stop making these off-color jokes about <laughs> Fister. <laughs> but I will say, just like content warning coming up, we're talking about soaking in this episode. Not going to go into it because you go into it. So just, mm. we give a warning. <laughs> well, that's the fun thing about revisiting episodes from yesteryear is we don't remember the stuff we said. And now I'll get a bunch of DMs uh, talking about soaking. So that's that's something I get to look forward to tomorrow. We did have a hopeful of, I believe you made an anti-Greg Abbott joke and said, well, not for long. And we are recording this November 8th in the evening. That is true. Um, and we'll see if we were right or wrong. So I... that joke may not hold up. Might not. Hopefully it does. But you voted today. You I did. I, uh, I went and voted. Clearly, I'm a little under the weather. Uh, we had to s- count at the beginning several times because... I sound like Kathleen Turner underwater. <laughs> You're like, what? Three. We count off so that Tommy can match our audio up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sorry because I started laughing because you do sound like you sounded like, um, yeah, like you said, you maybe you work at a smoke shop or something. And you're like, yeah. hey, what can I get you? Yeah. I sound like, um, isn't there a character on The Simpsons that sounds like that kind of? The sisters. You sound like one oh, of the sisters. Yeah. That's exactly. <laughs> God, I don't even want to cough because it just sends me into. <laughs> a hacking fit but i am a bit under the weather uh this episode though will lift my spirits because this was a super fun one i had never been to milwaukee and what a cute little town oh it's great and they got the bronze fawn statue i've been one time before as a little weekend getaway um but it was much more fun with you because we drove up saw the cheese castle on our way there which i'm i'm going through videos and photos i think hopefully i can have it some Photos and, you know, like make people feel like they were there. A travel log, if you will, of yes. our time at the Cheese Castle. The Cheese Castle was phenomenal. Got a lot the- of T-shirts. I got my kids a, a cheese head like yeah. they wear to Packers games and things like that. Oh, yeah. And ate that really good cheese. Mm. Man, that was some good cheese. Uh, I love I love a good cheese. <laughs> Who doesn't? We've gone to many. In fact, we kind of base our tours around where we can get good cheese. Yeah. yeah. So I guess you next do. up. Bloody Mary farm. reviews? We yeah, get- bloody, we need a cheese review and a bloody... We need to just start a travel show <laughs> where we just review things on our travels. And the network's like, you want to just have us pay for you to go eat and drink mm-hmm. places. And we're like, yes, yeah. we do yes, want that. that yeah. is exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> and we'll report back. You got Bloody Mary cheese curds. I did, yes. And uh, it, it, when things come together like that, it just feels like the universe is doing you a solid. 
They knew what's up. They, they knew what's what up. up. They they had a nice little bloody Mary flavor, not not crazy. So it wasn't too much, too overpowering, but I love cheese curds. I would eat a lot of cheese curds when we I worked at Whole Foods because I would use them to make the mozzarella. And so I like that Milwaukee's like, this isn't something you use to make something else. This is it. Here you go. Take a bite. Hear the squeak. Because the squeak, <laughs> the cheese squeaks when Feel you bite it. Feel the chew. It. Oh, yeah. And then enjoy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's great. Well, this uh, character that we're covering today, Charles Fister, you compared him to Logan from Succession. I still haven't watched Succession. Paris started it on the plane on our way back <gasps> from Maine, and he was like, you got to watch the oh, show. I was yeah. watching him watch it. He was like, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. Tell him to stop. You catch up, and then y'all continue together because it is so good. In fact, I was just thinking the other day, I wonder when they're going to start filming the next season because I need to know what's going on. You gotta catch. I'll catch up, so then I'll understand your reference. But this Charles Fister character, rich guy, doesn't want to let go for decades, centuries even, and then he comes around and fucks with baseball players. So this story, I couldn't love it more. <laughs> it's Not. a good one too because if you don't have friends, family, significant others that like paranormal or true crime and stuff like that, if they like sports, this is the episode for them because we yes. talk a lot about. It, are the go are the baseball players seeing ghosts? Yes, but they're still famous baseball players, and it's fun to hear Adrian Beltre be like, "Nah, man, I'm not staying there. There's that place <laughs> is fucking haunted." Exactly. Well, and also I wonder because we don't know much about baseball. We like to go to a game. We like to have a hot dog. I and know a beer. the rules. I, I'm I'm probably more confident with baseball rules than any other sport. I mean, uh, player, like statistics on who's a better player. Like, is he an aggressive player? Is he Mm -hmm. more of a defensive player? And I wonder if someone with, so if you know somebody that does not listen to the show or isn't really into ghost stuff, who is a baseball expert, I would love to know if the various, I mean, we probably talk about 10, 15 baseball Mm -hmm. players' reactions, if their reaction tracks along, Uh like, oh, he would react that way, or like, oh, real, that's crazy he would do Mm -hmm. that. That's what I want to know, because we know them, as, like I said, my baseball knowledge extends to which baseball players have encountered the, like, (laughs) ghouls at the Fister, and what was their reaction. That's what I know about baseball, so I need somebody with real statistical knowledge to, we need to compare the two. We do. We need a a Venn diagram. (laughs) I'd like to know if the baseball players' walk-up music is indicative of their paranormal beliefs. Does anybody walk up to Monster Mash? Does anyone walk up to um, the theme song from Ghost? Which, that'd be a fantastic walk-up song for Major so League intimidating. Baseball player. You know John Gray, shout out Texas Ranger John Gray, he walks up to Ghostbusters. And this episode, you'll there find you out why. I'm in love with John Gray. I'm sorry. Love you, babe. Love you, Paris. I love John Gray. Even if I'm not in love with them, I think we should be friends with them. There's yeah. several people we've learned about, including from our Dallas live show, Travis Box. Well, who, who we are now connected. almost friends with. I won't say friends with because we haven't made an official friend connection, but he has reached out several times, and it turns out we quoted him in another article in an episode we did like a year ago. No, we did that episode. I'm going to pull it up because it was an old one. It was the God's Salvation Church, which is a Dallas UFO cult. It was episode 40, which would wow. have been 2019 that we would have done it. And in our interactions with, if you did not watch our Dallas live show on Moment, 
Uh, you've missed the window. I've yeah. hate to break it to you. Maybe we'll figure out a way if we can cut it together like a special someday. Maybe we can offer Maybe. it that way because we have the footage. I have it here oh, in my hand. There you are. <laughs> Um, but he, you know, just wrote in his sister's a fan. It turns out it was fantastic. And he said, oh, I have this article. I said, oh, hold your horses, buddy. We quoted that article two years ago. And then that's when Christy said, we should be careful that he thinks we're weird <laughs> and obsessed with him. this guy's going to think we're obsessed with him. But you know what? When you find gold, you keep digging in that mountain. This is you, a, I, I'm under the weather. And when I'm under the weather, I've learned that weird things come out of my mouth. Weirder than normal. I don't know, because you weren't under the weather during this episode, and I wrote down, you said, when life opens a window, you make sure there isn't a backdraft, and then you take over. And I was like, fuck yes. You're I don't remember gems, saying dude. that, but that it sounds great. like me. <laughs> uh, it was great. Well, we do love Travis Box, and we love all you, because you're going to listen to this and hear our adventures, yeah. hear about uh, Charles Fister, his dad, Guido Fister, the Guido whole Fister. Fister fam. How can you not, I mean, love a man with that name? The whole fam, the whole fam. So please, if you know you or someone you love knows baseball, let us know if these reactions of baseball players track with their play style. Because I want to know, we all contain multitudes. So it may be that it tracks or it may be like, oh, my God, I'm very surprised that he reacted that way. Mm-hmm. Same with soaking. If you or someone <laughs> you love knows about soaking or is into it, you know, I feel like we got that one right, though. <laughs> but if we didn't, just let us know. <laughs> Please write it. <laughs> God, I don't know if I want to know. About I don't know if I want those emails. I do. Direct them. I'll yeah. send it on the DM. I'll see it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, email it. But in the subject line, just put SOAKING in all caps so I can filter them out. And then I'll be like, all right, tonight's the night I read all the SOAKING emails. And I got to like mentally prepare for it. It can't be much worse than shit we're already looking at. No, 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 no. Nah. I haven't. Oh, God. There probably are pictures. (laughs) I mean, I've never seen them. Let me just tell you. Listen to the episode. We're not going to tell you what it is. But when I searched it, photographs, stock photos came up for articles. Because this was kind of like a TikTok thing this summer. Uh Uh-huh. And the stock photos used included a Granny Smith apple on a stick (laughs) being dipped in caramel and held there. As well as an entire pot of hot dogs and water. So... (laughs) I mean, both those make sense. <laughs> Add it up. Well, there you go. There you go. Let us know if those analogies are correct, if those metaphors work for you. Thank you also, Spotted Cow. We found a new uh, new beer. Oh, yeah. With the Bloody Mary. They serve you a Bloody Mary with a sidecar, Spotted Cow. If you want to watch Christy react to her, not only the Bloody Mary she got in the lobby of the Fister, mm-hmm. but as well as... I believe 11 other, 12 other Bloody Marys across the country. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Sinisterhood. There's a full video. Every single one, she's rating it. She changes the rating <laughs> system halfway through. Things get a little off the rails. But if you, uh, you know, it's a, it's a pitch for our travel show. So go yes. and check it out. Hello, hello, Milwaukee. All right. Y'all are in a good mood. We love this Friday night. 
Summerfest. You could be at Avril Lavigne right now, but you're here. And thank Shit. you. Thank she you denied? That. All right. Yeah, she is, Sorry, yeah. guys. Sorry, go. Just kidding. <laughs> I know. It's like we're outdoors, but we're not. It's, I love this space. It's very cool. Lots of plants. Love a plant. Getting some good oxygen <laughs> it's a, from all a plant these plants around. Neither of us have to keep alive. No. Because, oh, God. What? Oh, he fell. We had a the, baby in the bats. Baby in the bats. That's these guys' names. Baby is looking rough. We know. <laughs> We're going to have to tend to him when we get back home. But uh, if you've heard us mention baby, this is the acclaimed baby and the bats. The, the twin bats. Yeah, we had a bat tump, but it's better mm. now. <laughs> well, it is so nice to be back in Milwaukee. The last time I was here was 2000 and maybe like 10 or 11. And I came for a weekend getaway. Saw the... Yeah, don't laugh. It's a great city. Uh, don't I laugh saw, at y'all's own city. Like, <laughs> this is a travel, travelable to city. And I traveled here from Chicago. Very short ride up the street. And I got to see the Bronze Fawns. I, I haven't we'll seen the Bronze Fawns. But we'll we, I have seen some great architecture. Y'all have very nice buildings. Yes. We stopped at a cheese castle. There it is. You know we had to. I got um, a mozzarella rope, which is just like, you know those dog toys? It's just like, <laughs> it's all tangled around. It's that, but cheese, and it's, it was wonderful. I mm-hmm. got a sack of curds. You know, you got to have a sack the curd. of curds. They were good. I also got some Widmer's 12-year-age cheddar. Very nice. Very good. Yes. I, we were reading uh, just an angry repost from someone's next door who was like, cheese curds are nothing until you've had the aged cheddar. And I was like, okay, very enthusiastic next door poster. <laughs> Will do. Uh, that's where I take all my advice from is yeah. next door post. <laughs> I've never been here. It's a lovely city. I, I said, it's old but cool was my assessment of everything. All the architecture and stuff. And then we were listing off all the TV shows today that have been featured here. I was really so obsessed with Happy Days as a child. Happy Days, so. Laverne and Shirley. Yeah. And then we got into a rabbit hole of what was a spinoff of what. Yeah, there's a lot. That, back in the day, they were like, don't make a new show. Figure out, see, this new character is a cousin that they've never heard of, <laughs> never mentioned on the show. And then they just drag it out yep, and make and it then, in. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you got eight shows out of like one show. That's it. Genius, <laughs> one idea. quite honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we uh, were talking about the Fister tonight. Round of applause if you've been there. Oh, we went there earlier today. We did. Uh, we are not staying there, but we got to check it out, and it's gorgeous. It was. Uh, it's beautiful. The lobby has got this huge four-story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it used to be glass, but now it is uh, a painting, which is much safer, I think, if you live in a place where it snows and also... Uh, I don't know. Ice slides off of it. That happens here, right? That happened in Chicago. I was fearful of ever looking up oh, downtown. Yeah. So I That's imagine like it's a six same. feet under type of death. Yeah, in fact, yeah. that may have been a six feet under episode. Yes. An icicle to the chest. Yeah. Oy. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's why we live in Texas. That is not why we live in no. Texas. No, it's just happenstance. In fact, we're all questioning why we live in Texas <laughs> right now, but we do. So, uh, yeah, but. Uh, yeah, we went. It's gorgeous. I had a Bloody Mary. Got to try and it. And she brought me a glass of beer with it. And I said, is this my beer? And she goes, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. It's a Milwaukee thing. You get beer also. 
<laughs> and I was like, all right, okay. And from what I understood, she was like, this is spotted cow beer. Mm. Oh, and she was like, you can't. spotted cow enthusiasts in the house This tonight. does not go outside of the state. I was like, what? She's like, no. You have to buy it. You can station. only buy it here. It was very good. It was very lovely. Yeah. And then we had a lovely Caesar salad. So all in all, it's been a it's good a great day. day. It was a great yeah. day. We've only been here a few hours, but it's been a lovely time. And the weather is great. Uh, it's a... Uh, <laughs> 300 degrees where we come yes, from, so this feels amazing. The devil's, yeah. It the is devil's terrible. asshole? It's the is devil's that what you're going to say? Yes, it that is. is where we live. Is the devil's it's asshole. also uh, what we call our governor. It's the devil's <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Thank you. Our governor, not for long. Yeah, hopefully not for long. Yes. Uh, well, yeah, well, you ready to get into it? I think All right, well, voice. I'm Christy. I'm Heather. Let's get into it. All right. Milltown, The Mill, Brew City, Cream City? We have questions about that. <laughs> Whatever you call it, Milwaukee is called the beer capital of the world, home to classic brands like Pabst, Miller, Schlitz, and Blatt's, birthplace of Gene Wilder, Liberace, and Les Paul, the backdrop for classic TV shows like Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley. This beautiful city on Lake Michigan offers delicious food, amazing art, and beautiful architecture. It's no wonder enterprising entrepreneurs have chosen Milwaukee as a place to build their empires for centuries. I would watch a kid's cartoon show called Paps Miller, Schlitz, and Blatz. Yes. Also, I would hire them to be my lawyers. <laughs> yes. I would let them do all that's, sorts of things. That's what the cartoon is. Oh. The, they're, but they're beer, beer cans? They're beer can lawyers. Oh. They're like, we'll solve all your problems it's one just, way or the uh, other. Yeah. We were just looking at... Um, sausages. Little sausages backstage. We okay. Were. Let's clarify. <laughs> we got to get... So we get revved up for the show. We, we look like at pictures. Can't, Candace Havens, who is a patron in here tonight. Thank you so much. She gave us some beautiful gifts. We were going through them. And one, I appeared to be from a baseball team. And I said, is this their mascot? And then we looked it up. It's not the mascot, but it's, I guess you got a sausage race here. And it's, and it's the, the German one. Number one winner. And he, yeah, because I said, good, because I don't bring losers into my house. <laughs> and he's very cute. And so it could be like that, but beer cans. There it is. We figured it out. We wrote another screenplay last night. Oh, man. We have so many things to <laughs> sell. To, so if you're buying... If Mr. Netflix is here, yes. please see us after the Jeffrey show. Netflix is in the house. <laughs> Jeffrey Netflix and Todd Hulu. If you're here tonight, <laughs> let us know. Hailing from Germany, successful businessman Guido Pfister made his fortune in Milwaukee by running the Pfister and Vogel Leather Corporation. In 1870, Guido adopted an 11-year-old boy named Charles. According to the hotel's website, information about Charles's life before his father is scarce. But once the adoption was complete, the two were inseparable. Yeah, they said he was like his dad's little mini-me and would go to work with him. You know, back then it was like, I have a leather corporation and boats, also trains and silverware. And you're like, what industry are you in? <laughs> All of like, it. Business. Yes. <laughs> and one day it shall be yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had no choice. You... <laughs> Better like what your parents were doing, because that's what you're going to get handed down to you. Let's just all admit, Guido Fister's the sweetest name we've ever heard in our lives. That's it's, a guy that if, you, if you're if you're pregnant right now, you're planning a family. I just want to throw <laughs> that out there as a possible name, Guido Fister. <laughs> Can that be on your Mortimer 
and Guido. <laughs> Imagine Heather. Heather is not with child. But if no. she ever has one, she has said she wants to name it Mortimer, which I think is great. And Paris isn't on board. Come so, on. Morty Brown is a good, solid guy. Like you Morty Brown. Trust Morty, Morty Brown. Brown, first of all, loves the Brewers. Yes. Probably <laughs> if, somehow he's from Milwaukee. Somehow. I don't know how. I don't know. But I feel like he is. <laughs> then they go like, Doctor, what is it? A Milwaukeean. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah! Oh, in 1871, for just $200, Guido purchased a plot of land on the corner of Wisconsin and Jefferson Street in Milwaukee with plans for a hotel. The only problem? The town already had a hotel, the New Hall House. Yeah, just one. It was just one. There was a draw for most out-of-town visitors. In 1883, Guido caught a break. The New Hall House burned down. You know what? When... Life opens a window. You make sure there's not a backdraft, and then you, <laughs> you take over. Milwaukee needed a new place for posh visitors to hang their hats. He dreamed of a hotel that was as grand and ornate as the ones in old Europe. Guido made plans, formed a company to oversee the construction, then sadly died before the construction could be completed. Well, that's a bitch. Yeah... But that's why you have your son who will carry on your legacy. That's the only reason you have kids. So (laughs) whatever your dreams were when you die, they can carry them on. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I do like that his uh, game plan hinged on the destruction of another building. (laughs) But when the universe wants something to happen... Or when there's a lantern and you kick it over. And you accident, you're going on a light, late, late night stroll and you just kick a lantern over. Whoops. Oopsie. It worked out. Heartbroken over the death of his father, Charles Pfister took up the reins and saw the hotel's development through to the end. The grand structure opened on May 1st, 1893, and was described as the ultimate in elegance and style. The Sentinel newspaper described the hotel's importance to the city, writing that, In a way, the Pfister is to Milwaukee what the World's Fair was to Chicago. That is a... Real big description for simply a hotel. It was fancy. It was tall. Was it like, did it change y'all's lives? Well, they weren't Everybody was I know they weren't around. <laughs> Wait a minute. Or I mean, were you? Or were you? Time travelers? Mm-hmm. Guido Fister is in but, the audience. Uh, you know, the world, we can look back and see like, oh, the World Fair, this is how it shaped Chicago. And then yes. XYZ. Did the Fister do that for Milwaukee? I don't know. I'm not from here. As uh, a future mother to a Milwaukeean, <laughs> what would you say? Uh, well, the World's Fair in Chicago is where the Ferris wheel was introduced. Yeah. It's where they built all those buildings. I mean, they built like eight to ten giant buildings up and down the lakefront. But if you don't have that, then a freaking badass hotel is right up there with you. There you go. Right? Mm, I think so. And we saw that fireplace today. Oh, yes. The fireplace was very nice. Ornate. So, Had yeah, a lot you saw of something cherubs like on it that did not look happy, though. One These of them. babies looked, they looked fucked. It was staring me nice. down. They were, they were bizarre looking. It was staring me down. I hated yeah, it. Yeah, no, it was, it had a thing for Heather. It was, <laughs> it was weird looking. And it was you just. Couldn't get away from it. I was staring at it and it was staring into me. Yeah. <sighs> You felt changed. Yeah. You started acting real weird I after felt, that. Like ashamed of myself. I didn't know why. <laughs> You're a judge. I started thinking about all Cherub the things. Cherub shamed. Yeah, all the things I've been Source. doing. Yeah. Guido's will left Charles several million dollars, so money was no object in completing the structure. 
When the doors were open, the total cost of construction was $1 million, $32 million in today's dollars. The building was constructed with all the most current technology of the time. It was an all-electric hotel, and each room had a thermostat and its own heating control. That is something that I didn't consider, which is ignorant, because there has not always been air conditioning or individualized. I've, I've stayed in hotels where it's not individualized. But I hate it. Oh, yeah. I, and back I then think it we was moved just, hotels. Heat was on or it was off and tough shit, and that's what it is. And this was the first time, and they have one in the actual hotel. You can gorgeous. see this ornate thermostat that you would have in your room. That I you mean, my say. nest is efficient, but it doesn't <laughs> look like that. If I could put that in my house, I might go back. Carved up, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first time I ever went to New Orleans, it was one of those where they uh, had control. That was the first red flag of what's to come on that trip. <laughs> what Just happened? De- debauchery. God. Yeah, it was lawless. I guess lawless is where it, what I thought of. And yeah. then, yeah, it was, it was wild. It was, uh, it was wild. Fuck. I'm trying to think of a good story to tell, and the only thing I can think of is that I accosted a giant hurricane grenade. A hand grenade? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The big things that dress up like Oh, like the mascot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mascot. He's standing outside that uh, Pat O'Brien's. I don't remember where they have. Well, the hand grenade. I don't want to say I accosted him. I flirted heavily. Okay. And then when we took a picture, the grenade grabbed my ass. (laughs) I felt like it was at some weird costume party where we like had a connection, but I didn't know what that person looked like. They knew what I looked like. That's true. Nothing happened after that. Yeah. That's the benefit of being a mascot. This was years before Tommy, FYI. <laughs> Tommy was in the grenade. Whoa! It was Tommy the whole time. Origin story. Oh, no. Origin story. <laughs> the art in and around the hotel was breathtaking as well. Two of the most prominent pieces were donated by another wealthy businessman, T.A. Chapman, owner of Chapman's department store. Chapman purchased two bronze lions in Italy for $1,500, approximately valued at $42,000 today, and gifted them to the hotel. Charles loved the lions, saying... These lions are highly intelligent, well-mannered, and good listeners. This is an indication of their wisdom. They were named Harry and Dick. (laughs) They are still there. They're very ornate and beautiful. Yes, and it's a whole deal about their faces turn. Each of them are looking a separate direction. So if they have them facing... Well, they had them outside, and they had them facing one another. Then they moved them they inside beefed. to the stairwell, and now they're looking away from each other, oh, and it does. It looks like they drama. have had some sort of a falling out. There was a falling out. Because the lions are just like... There's a lot of shade between the lions, yeah. Uh, Harry and Dick, This a picture. No more. <laughs> they're, not friend, they're not Harry and Dick. It's Harry and then also Dick. They're mm, separate. They're two separate, yeah. But a picture of Charles uh, Fister will start to emerge that he considers silent statues that don't question him to be very intelligent and well-mannered. I'm not going to say he's wrong. <laughs> I like a lot of quiet in my life, so if I just need to surround myself with statues that don't talk back, I am here for it. The excitement surrounding the new hotel soon waned. Within four days of opening, the stock market crashed and the economy tanked. With no one interested in renting rooms, it seemed for a moment that Mr. Fister would have to shutter his grand beauty. But then he had an idea. 
Charles was well-known in political circles and exerted influence by funding campaigns. In 1894, Charles pitched the hotel as host for the Republican convention. The party agreed, and soon the Fister became the epicenter for political and business meetings in Milwaukee. This is a pretty genius idea because that was pretty much the only people that were still meeting at first because all the business folks lost all their money. Mm -hmm. But imagine that the political fat cats stayed rich. (laughs) They could still go to the Fister. That's true. I mean, they did. And he started dipping his toes in and realizing money can buy you a lot of stuff. A giant, maybe a giant lion statue or Or two or a governor. And that's Mm. what he started doing. Mm hmm. The hotel offered a barber shop, soda fountain, men and women's billiard lounges, and a cigar shop. One favored gathering place was the grand fireplace in the hotel's lobby. According to the Milwaukee Reporter, for a Milwaukeean in the early 1900s planning to hit the town, a repeated refrain was, Meet me at the Fister Fireplace. You get fisted at the Fister. Fister fireplace. I've been making this joke all, for two days, so <laughs> uh, I keep saying Fister. I hardly know her, and the only person still laughing. Thank you, because Leanne's been the only person that still laughs at it. Uh, so I'm glad that I got some more laughs tonight. If you put Fister in front of anything, it Im- immediately becomes funnier. Fister Hotel, very funny. Mr. Fister. Very good. You know Fister. They have a Fister narrator program where they have Fister writers. Like the rural juror. That's your to say. Fister narrator. Fister narrator. <laughs> so they narrate stories about the Fister. But a Fister-rator. Fister, a Fister narrator. shorten that and call it. A Fister narrator is, that's something. I mean, if you think about it in terms of take the pee away. Fister narrator? Instead of, like, the Pfister, which is the hotel. Just take the P away. It's just a Fister narrator. Well, it's, it's already that, because the P's silent. I meant definitionally. One of them means a guy's oh, last name. Oh, okay. And the oh, other means... Oh, okay. Well, we learned how so to you're sign. you're saying somebody stands there and narrates somebody getting fisted. Yeah. Thank I gotcha. You. We're on the same page now. See, yes, now. We're on the same page. We got there. Uh... Fisterator still applies to either, though. My yes. working title of what that job would be. <laughs> That's what it should be called. Oh, man. That reminds me of... <laughs> this is a real thing I'm about to say, and I'm sure many people in here know of this, but I learned a few months ago on TikTok that soaking is a thing. Uh... If you don't know what soaking is, I don't know if I should be the one to tell you. It don't have to do with your laundry. You can Google it. But I'll also just tell you. So, because we told you not to get your phones out. So, you can't Google it right now. And the whole rest of the time, you're just going to be like, what could soaking be? (laughs) Or if you already know what it is, you're like, oh, fuck, soaking. So, I ruined everyone's night. No, I'm just saying, we got to tell them now. Okay, well. Get it out. It's like a song. Once you sing it, it's out of your head, you're good. Yeah, so, and the, for some young Mormons that are celibate uh, to get around not being able to have traditional sex. They do what they call is soaking and they just put it in and then the girl just lays there and then if you really, if you got a real good friend they get on the bed and jump up and down 
to create friction, or they get under the bed and just kick from below. I don't know which sounds better, but none of them. They all sound awful. But to me, this is a similar job as someone that's going to stand there and narrate somebody getting fisted. <laughs> is also someone that's comfortable with being a soaker jumper. I yeah, don't know what they call jumper. themselves. Yes. That's uh we've really created a niche industry in the job market. Yes. In the past five minutes, we already have two positions to fill. Yes. <laughs> fill those positions so they can fill everything out. It writes itself. Uh, yeah, yeah. The indeed.com listing is <laughs> writes itself. <laughs> Sinister Hood will be right back. Make it about more than just the holidays this year with the gift of health from Everly Well. Give the gift of nourishing vitamins and supplements and over 30 at-home lab tests like food sensitivity and women's health to help your loved ones get further on their health goals. Everly Well is digital healthcare designed for you with personalized results and accessible tools for long-term health. Here's how it works. Everly Well ships products straight to you or your loved one with everything needed in one package. If you ordered an at-home lab test, the sample can simply be collected at home and shipped back to a certified lab in the prepaid envelope included with the test. Digital physician-reviewed results are sent straight to your preferred device in just days. If you ordered vitamins and supplements, you can start adding them to your daily routine right away. It's so simple. Over 1 million people have trusted Everly Well to support their health and wellness goals, and now you can help your loved ones to do the same. I'm really glad we're partnering with Everly Well. I'm excited to take my test. I just got it. I also got my supplement, so I can just start taking those. But even before we decided to work with Everly Well, a friend of mine took this test and had posted about it and said, I'm so glad I finally understand what's going on. She had food sensitivities that she had never, she she just would get sick all the time. And like, I was like, go to the doctor, figure this out. She's like, it's not going to work for me. But she saw Everly Well advertised, tried it out and was like, oh my God, thank God. So when we got the opportunity to work with them, I was like, I want to test. Yeah. I don't know what's up. My shit's all messed figure up. Figure out what's going on. Right. <laughs> and they have women's health, food sensitivities and celiac disease screening, which I don't have celiac, but it'll help to know if I have any other food sensitivities mm-hmm. I might have been you know should have been avoiding something else too and I haven't the gift of health has never been so easy to share than it is this holiday for listeners of the show Everlywell is offering a discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash creepy that's everlywell.com slash creepy for 20% off your next at-home lab test everlywell.com slash creepy this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Don't we feel like life is spinning out of control? It seems the world doesn't make sense. A lot of times I'm hoping that it makes more sense tomorrow. You know, and you're just like, how do I even get my shit together? I don't even know. And I know where exactly where I go when I need to get my shit together. And that is Linda, my better help therapist. Your bestie, Linda. You love Linda. So much. Well, unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual. So when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it's a career change, a new relationship, or becoming a parent. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient and accessible anywhere, 100% online. That's what I love about BetterHelp is I can text Linda from wherever. I was up in Maine and she sent me a very lovely check-in message asking about some things we had talked about. I was able to respond, done and done. That's great. Didn't even have to like stress out about going into an office. 
it's a wonderful way to learn how to cope with things, empower yourself, deal with trauma. There's a million trillion benefits from therapy, and now it's easier than ever to get it. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com Sinister. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sinister. With his hotel bustling and running well, Charles turned his attention back to politics. As his wealth grew, so did his power. He asserted his finances and policy ideas into races up and down the ballot, from state-level politics to U.S. senators. The Capital Times once called him the boss of the political machine. He was a formidable political opponent, and nearly all of the candidates he backed won. The Wisconsin State Journal described Charles as pleasing to me to start a staunch friend and an unrelenting enemy. God. Yeah, when you. <laughs> one, two good things, and you, you should have. That's a compliment sandwich. They need to flip the last two. Pleasing you to me. You gotta put unrelenting enemy in the middle. And flank it with pleasing to meet and a staunch friend. Yeah, if you go to the Fister website, they have this video, and it's a woman who was like six or seven when the hotel opened, and she remembered going to opening day, and she remembers her papa took her up to this very fancy businessman who shook her hand and said, oh, such a pleasure to have you here, darling, and it was Charles Fister. Mm. And then if you read old newspaper articles, it was like, he was a monster. <laughs> he was heinous. Well, he even really monsters was... have a few good minutes, maybe. <laughs> it was true. He he used it on the child. They were like, find one person he probably didn't scream at. And they were like, a kid? And they're like, mm, maybe. He didn't just use his money to control the polls. He used it to control the press. A newspaper called The Sentinel reported repeatedly on Charles and his cronies' exertion of power over political races. In turn, Charles sued the paper for libel so many times it went into bankruptcy. When the paper was most vulnerable, Charles bought the whole operation and made it part of his political machine. Even if his candidate didn't win, Charles could use the paper to smear the winner once he took office. Damn. <laughs> fucking savage. <laughs> but, but, I mean, if you've got the money to do it, uh, that's one like, way to win, I suppose. He just walks into the newsroom like, we're going to make some changes around here. Mm-hmm. Remember how you guys talked a lot of shit about me? You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> because of his great influence, he attracted the most elite guests to his hotel. Every president from William McKinley to Joe Biden have stayed there. Celebrities like Elvis, Jack London, Julia Child, and Joan Rivers have spent time there throughout the years. And Christy Wallace, another McKinney. <laughs> we went in our jean shorts and drank a beverage in the fine <laughs> lobby. <laughs> When we walked in, Chrissy's like, this is a lot nicer than I imagined. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I would not have worn flip-flops <laughs> if I would have thought much about much fancier this. than I thought it would be. <laughs> it was lovely, though. In 1896, three years after the hotel opened its doors, a young man named Ray Smith was hired as a bellhop. Smith worked his way up to a key clerk, cigar counter manager, and eventually took over as hotel manager. Leanne and I were just talking about this today. 
some people nowadays, but back then, boy, somebody get one job and just ride it all get the way. Foot in the, I still am a firm believer if you can get your foot in the door at the company you want to be at, you can get to where you got to be. You might have to work up, but it's just getting in is the first step. Claude his way yeah, up. Yeah, you start as a key clerk. Eventually, you're running the place. Well, also, people didn't live very long, so you didn't have to wait that long <laughs> to, to move on up the corporate ladder. Yeah, you just have to look at the boss's age and be like, yeah, I can stick that I up. I think I'm good. Yeah, 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 yeah. In 1927, Charles Fister's health was failing. A bachelor who never married and had no children, Charles needed someone to take over the beloved hotel he had built as a memorial to his father. There was only one man for the job, Ray Smith. In November of that year, Charles fell ill. He had suffered two strokes the prior year, and his health was declining even more rapidly. He eventually died from pneumonia at the age of 68 on November 12, 1927. And he was still working all of those, you know, like I said earlier, they had the leather company, they had investments in mines and trains and all kinds of stuff. And he still sat on the board up until about six months before he died. And I I just, again, you're painting the picture of his personality that he's like, I will never let go. I will die before I let go. Have you, you haven't watched Succession, have you? Oh, no, I have not. Okay. Well, it's, it gives me those vibes. Okay. Yeah. I can't think of his name. I think about the guy on 30 Rock that refused to... Uh, Don Geist that refused to ever retire. He and then that's how his daughter, who loved unicorns, ended up being the CEO. <laughs> Hold on, Logan. That's his name, Logan from Succession. Yeah, he's like Logan. Yeah, mm-hmm. sixty-eight. I mean, now that's young. pretty young still, but back then, I don't know. That seems like it's probably a pretty good age span. He was he was digging his claws in. Mm-hmm. The hotel stayed in the Smith family for 20 years before being sold to some out-of-town investors. The place went downhill fast without the careful eye and passion of someone like Charles or Ray, who knew the Fister in her glory days. In 1962, just as the Fister was sure to close its doors in bankruptcy, a local businessman named Bill Marcus bought the building out of bankruptcy and saved the grand place. He worked to restore the once-enchanting building back to her original splendor. He also increased the number of rooms and updated the hotel's technology. And he was ahead of the curve because the whole restoration movement started in like the early 70s, which uh, started in the early 70s everywhere but Dallas because they tear every single building down and build something new over it. But this was very cutting edge to buy an older building that was dilapidated and not just put a freaking wrecking ball in the middle of it. Yeah, Yeah, no, they were like, maybe we can save it. At least the lions, the lions can survive. The lions are still there, but it seems like a lot of the original stuff is there. No, oh, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Yeah, it's they really gorgeous. did. Yeah. Bud Selig, former commissioner of Major League Baseball, told film crews for the Fister. They revived the Fister and rely- revived a lot of life for Milwaukee. The refurbished hotel would soon become a home away home for baseball teams traveling to Milwaukee. But the players would often find once they checked in, they were not alone. The Fister has been included on the most haunted hotels list in publications like Forbes and Decor Magazine. The consensus is that there is a very special guest in the hotel who won't leave. Its founder, Charles Fister. A ghastly visage of a portly, smiling gentleman has been seen creeping down corridors and lurking near the lobby. When compared to a photograph of Charles Fister, the resemblance is uncanny. The ghoul has also been seen walking a ghostly dog, which sounds like Fister. He and his schnauzer, Sport, were inseparable. 
And that's what initially people thought, oh, it must be just another hotel guest, but then he vanishes into walls. And I imagine, again, it's a controlling person, kind of snarls at folks if they're not doing exactly mm-hmm. what he wants. Plus, he's got a ghost dog with him, so that's you're awesome. like, that's he's like, odd. Not everybody checks in with that. So, yeah. And it's like, pick up after your ghost dog. He's like, it'll disappear. <laughs> Though he died 42, 42 years before the team was founded, Fister seems to be a Brewers fan. That's the only explanation for why he consistently disturbs players from visiting ball teams anytime they are staying in his luxurious property. And this is why we had to pick this one. Well, first of all, is Judy here tonight? God damn it. It's okay, Heather. When I was it's in okay. Nashville, we went to Tootsie's Orchid Lounge, mm-hmm. and I went to the counter to get a bushwhacker, and I saw this gal in some long jean shorts and a black tank top with some sunglasses on top of her head. And she was kicking her heels, looked a little nervous to be there. And I ordered my bushwhacker, and she said, what's that? And I said, it's a bushwhacker, and it's frozen Kahlua, essentially. And uh, she said, well, oh, that sounds good. And I was like, oh, are you? This is how y'all talk. And I said, this is how Judy talk. I said, are you from Nashville? Oh, no, I'm from Wisconsin. And I said, no shit, I'm about to be in Milwaukee. And she said, well, what do you do? And I told her about the podcast. And she goes, well, what are you going to cover? And I said, oh, well, we were looking for some ideas here and there. And she's like, well, none of those are Milwaukee. You got to do the Fister. You got to do it. And once Judy told me to do the Fister, came back to Christy. I was like, see that lady over there? That's Judy. She gives us a little wave. And when she ended up getting a bushwhacker as well, but she told us, she's like, you're not going to believe the amount of people the amount of ball players that have had experiences there. At the Fister. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, maybe the ball players are having, they're screaming at the Fister. <laughs> well, because like we were talking about the other day, major league ball players don't need money. So they don't have to like try and get in the news. People no. are already writing articles about them. So they're not yes. having to like have experiences to try. They're not concerned about getting into Paranormal Monthly, which is, <laughs> yes, it is a publication. <laughs> you know, so it, when multiple ones start having encounters, you're like, this is bizarre. Right. And, mm-hmm. so that, and there's so many of them and not all of them are. Some of them are like, ah, I heard sounds, but whatever. But a lot of them are, I don't believe in this bullshit. And those are the, always the funnest people that come forward because I, again, they have nothing to gain, everything a to lot lose. to lose, yeah. So much to lose. Mm-hmm. If something happens once or twice, it can be considered a coincidence. But when something happens dozens of times, that's what makes it a pattern. Such is the case with professional baseball players who have been tormented by otherworldly beings inside the walls of the Fister Hotel. The earliest major league complaint widely recorded was from Adrian Beltre, who at the time was playing for the Dodgers. According to USA Today, Beltre was awakened by a knocking at his door. When he looked, no one was there. The television was off, so Beltre looked for other sources of the sound. He turned off the AC unit, but still, the knocking continued, deliberate, insistent. Beltre was so disturbed by the incident, during future stays at the Fister, he slept with a bat beside his bed. He Which said, he may have already done, in fairness. <laughs> He's like, normally... Maybe that's his, like, security blanket. I sleep with it in the bed with me. But, so I can grab it, I sleep with it yeah. outside. Mm-hmm. He said it sounded like somebody was open palm slapping the headboard from behind it. Uh-oh. And that's why he we was like... We know what that was. Yeah. <laughs> Skin those. I'm... T- At some point, I have to stop with these filthy jokes. Because <laughs> it's just like... 
it's like beating a dead horse. But I was, I mean, when you're at the fist, you're going to hear some slapping headboards. That's all <laughs> I was going to say. Place like that. Mm-hmm. But I also wanted to ask Adrian Beltre, and the next time I see him, I will. <laughs> what did he think the bat would do to a ghost? That's a good point. It's going to go. It's going to go right through it. Right most through. likely. Yeah. yeah. The next publicized complaint came in 2008. Carlos Gomez was playing outfield for the Minnesota Twins and was staying with the team at the Fister. He was looking forward to a good night's rest when he began hearing voices in his room. He decided to take a shower, but when he came out, he watched his iPod malfunction, playing music and shaking on the table. He took off running for the lobby, leaving both his pants and shoes behind. (laughs) And then you get downstairs and they're like, sir, why are you down here without pants and (laughs) shoes? And he's like, my iPod is malfunctioning. (laughs) And they're like, that's not a reason. That's not a reason, sir. You're a major league baseball player. (laughs) Do you call Apple Care for that? (laughs) With your pants on. I don't know if that would warrant, uh, that and that alone would warrant that response from me. We... Well, I I mean, things malfunction. Yeah, it's been a minute. I guess his argument was it's an iPod. Like your phone vibrating on the table makes sense. But an iPod, I guess, wasn't supposed to vibrate. He was saying it was like shaking on the table. I was thinking, yeah, I forgot about technology. (laughs) The ghost was like, fucking play this song. (laughs) What do you think the ghost was listening to? Oh, well, we've had a lot of encounters today with 311. So we're going to say. It was 311. That's what it was. We've had a lot of 311 signs today, you guys. <laughs> what did you say last, like, a minute ago when we were in the green room? We had 311 playing. And I, you were singing along, and I go, you know this? And yeah, and I go, yeah, of course I know this, Heather. Did I not rock the fuck out in the early aughts? <laughs> Why wouldn't I know this? <laughs> Everyone knows down. I was surprised it was the fifth most played song on Spotify from them. Do you think them. it should be higher? I, would, I thought it would be. Wow. Amber was number one. Well, yeah. Then there were three others. And then down. Damn. Yeah, I thought it would be higher. But People sleeping on down. Now, I mean, it was a major hit, so I think everyone that's heard it is... <laughs> That wants to hear it's heard it. That's right. You know, it's not like it's going to, I don't know. Kate Bush is getting a huge resurgence right now. <laughs> so back. all you got to do is get on like a hit show that the youngins like. That's right. And then, or get like, then you get on TikTok and you're a sound. And, oh, like Fleetwood Mac with the guy drinking his juice. I haven't around. seen that one. Oh, yeah, the guy. What Fleetwood Mac song is it? Oh, Dreams. Oh, and he's he's Damn. skateboarding, drinking ocean spray cranberry juice. Nice. Just listen to that song. It's yes. great. Live your life. It's yeah. Great. And then everyone's like, "Have you guys heard of this band called Fleetwood Mac?" You're like, "Yes, Little idiots. Bit. They've been around since like the '70s. Some of them have not even with us anymore. I don't think." <laughs> I do remember as a kid learning that music was created before. I was born because I was like, oh yeah. Well, I was like, music just goes this way. My parents were like, no, it no. goes way back the other way too. And just being like, Elton John. <laughs> I was like, this crocodile rock song rocks. And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's it got has a lot of good seventies. Yeah, yeah, still does though. <laughs> the next time Gomez stayed in the room, he convinced a teammate to stay with him, and he brought a Bible along for good measure. According to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Gomez said, Everything's scary. Everything in the hotel. The paintings, the pictures. It's a lot of old crazy stuff. No good, man. No good. 
Just, that's true. There's like hundreds. There are a lot of paintings. We spoke with T. Krolos, who uh-huh. is a paranormal investigator. He couldn't be here tonight. He's running a haunted tour in the city, and we sadly can't be on that haunted tour. He wrote a very nice article for the Shepherd Express about us. Very but kind. But he, he described the paintings. Yeah. He described the paintings as, you know those old Scooby-Doo paintings where the eyes follow you? <laughs> All of them are like that. And he's not wrong. They are, and there's a lot of them, so I get it. Yes. After Gomez's incident, the next year, Brendan Ryan of the Cardinals had his own run-in. While tucked safely in bed, Ryan saw a ball of light streak across his room. In an interview with the TV station, he said, It was more kind of like a moving light that moved past through the room, and then the room got a little bit chillier. And then he tucked himself in a little tighter. <laughs> I like That's to think the kind of ghost I like. I'm always hot. Older. I love when the AC kicks on. So if it's, if they just want to breeze through and cool it off, go underneath the blanket. For, oh, that'd be great. Yeah, just constant like little swirling. Do you think at some point all of these guys got together and it was like campfire campsite stories, like that they were all just like trading tales? Yeah, that's what one of the. I think it was the away. The Brewers Stadium, like the away locker room manager, Mm -hmm. he was saying that he goes, well, I have to get her early because players that come in from out of town, when they stay there, they just come to the practice field early. Like they just want to, they're like, I'm good. I'm fine. And he's like, didn't you want to sleep in? They're like, nope, nope. I'm good. I don't want to be at the hotel. (laughs) And so he said, there's some of them that won't even mention what happened. They're like, I saw some shit, man. Don't worry about it. And like, so some of them are willing to talk and chat and get together, but other ones, it seems like they're just, it freaks them out so much that they want to just work more. (laughs) Of all sports, do you think baseball is the one that are the biggest scaredy cats? Oh, that's a good question. Soccers, baseball, football, basketball, rugby, lacrosse. I'm just naming a lot sports. of sports. I mean, we could go on. That's a lot of sports. I um, mean, yeah. I think baseball for me that it tracks. What the, they and that's skittish? not a knock on baseball players. I just think baseball players, if you're going fight or flight, they're so fast at running, like running oh, the bases, yeah. that they would be like. Uh, I'll just fight. Like, I'm really fast. So fuck it, right? Like the racing wieners. I think, you wait, you think they'd fight or fight? No, flight? I'm saying I think they'd fight. They're oh, yeah, running, they like fight the running wieners. they now run them. Yeah, 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 yeah. They can outrun yeah. it. So. so boxers stay and fight. I think so. They're not running. They're so not perhaps running. whatever the sport, whatever the sport is dictates your fight or flight response. <laughs> I think so. Is what we've learned. That's actually okay. what sports psychology is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just basing personalities. It's like a Zodiac. Go, what do you play? Soccer? Oh. Okay. Okay. So it's flight, like, flight. Yeah. And then you're like, what do you play? Golf? Oh. They jump in the could cart. Could go either way. Speed off. it. Yeah. Fishtailing in the golf cart. But also you could just, you're smacking a ball. Maybe you stay there and fight. That's true. <laughs> Did you see? Did anyone else see <laughs> on the internet a person, I don't know about golf, but a man in a golf outfit with a club that he looked like he was on a professional green hit a little putt and a butterfly flew and knocked the putt in the hole. Knocked the ball in the hole? Yeah, knocked the little putt that he did and just rolled the ball right in the so, hole. So, wait, it was rolling towards the hole, stopped. It didn't stop, but it was rolling and the butterfly behind it with its wings flapped and in, it gave it more force. And then it forced it into the hole. The, without, the butterfly assisted in his yes. hole, his getting it in the hole? Yes. Did they allow it? Nobody said anything. 
I mean, it was, you know, it was on like, I don't know, an Instagram reel or something, but I don't think he, it counted. I don't think you can say it doesn't count. Well, if a person in like baseball, if a ball's like going and they think it's going foul and a person reaches out and like tries to catch it, there was some major game where this happened and you got like death threats Uh, and you interfere with it, then it can affect the outcome. Well, this was a butterfly. That's what I'm saying. And they so were I guess like, rules are different. Rules are different for butterflies. They were like, get that butterfly off the course. <laughs> they seem like, like I said, they seem like they were fine with it. I would imagine it'd be like if the wind was like, and you just have to be like, well, God wanted you to win today. So, mm. or it's a tiny drone. <laughs> That's right. And he's like, I don't know. It must have been my grandmother visiting me. <laughs> That's whenever you go like, so what sport do you play? And they go golf, and you go, oh. <laughs> I think butterflies are one of the most amazing creatures on the planet. Just wanted to, just wanted to share that. I almost got emotional saying that. <laughs> what other thing starts as one thing and becomes another? It's incredible. Nothing. I could go on a rant about butterflies. I'm not going to because it'll be weird and all of you will be like, that's not what we came here for. But uh, just read about them, you guys. I don't know if you know, but butterflies... Study start out as caterpillars and then they become a butterfly (laughs) which you don't seem impressed enough i'm extremely quite honestly i love butterflies i have a tattoo of one on my foot that's true you do not a particularly good tattoo that's okay you know what much like the butterfly you can change that full circle full circle get a cover-up of it thank you thank you you for the applause (laughs) for that Third baseman Pablo Sandoval of the San Francisco Giants had his own incident that same year. It was 2009 when he had an iPod issue, similar to that of Carlos Gomez a year earlier. He told ESPN, I went to take a shower, and I remember putting my iPod next to a speaker. When I came out, it was playing music, and I have no idea why. Again, I mean... This is a pattern. One time, <laughs> maybe. Two times? The ghost is just trying to get a hold of the iPod. The it ghost, I think, is looking for some music. That's right. Neither, in neither of these articles did they say what song was playing. But That's that, what we need to I know. Think those are the details we need. Because if, if you know what song is playing, you know what kind of message the ghost is trying oh, to send you. Oh, yeah. Well, after that, he and fellow teammate Edgar Renneria refused to stay at the Fister, opting to book their own accommodations instead. Sandoval told ESPN he gave it another go in 2013, this time putting out a request, not to the hotel, but to its ghoulish residents. I asked myself, why do I have to be afraid? The only thing I asked the ghost was to let me sleep, and they did. This is me if I'm ever in a haunted house. (laughs) Like, I don't care what you do, just please don't wake me up. Yes. And please also, don't go get a bunch of shit out that I have to clean up later. Yeah, don't go open every drawer in my kitchen no. and just leave it open and tump the stuff on the ground. Where were, we were just talking yesterday. What, what subject did we do? Uh, oh, when we went, we were in Chicago. We went to Chet's Melody Lounge across from Resurrection Cemetery. Met a woman that we're still not sure was real, but we yeah. hope it was. It was incredible. Her name was Lizzie. But she said the ghost at the bar will come out after she's, like, straightened all the chairs up, and she'll come out, and they'll be all wonky. Like, that's just rude. Yeah, or she said she would mop, and there's footprints then when she comes back. Don't make me redo my work. (laughs) And Lizzie was like, 
things are clean, but they're not Lizzie clean. And then she also just said, do you guys want to see my ghost hunting stuff? And we're yeah. like, yeah, absolutely we do. Yeah. It was fantastic. It's not what you... But she also what you said, hope for, uh, but it's not what you necessarily expect when you just go to but you say establishment. I do. Uh, she also said things aren't clean unless they're Lizzie clean. But in the same breath, told Tommy after he'd already gone to the bathroom, you can't go into that bathroom tonight. You got to go in the ladies. Someone came in here earlier and blew shit all over the place. <laughs> and that was a quote. Yeah. And we got to hear all about that. And she goes. I wasn't even supposed to be here tonight. I'm, I came in for somebody. I'm not dealing with it. I went, I, I sprayed some scrubbing bubbles over it, and I had to come back out here. Tommy goes, what time did this happen? She goes, 4 p.m. It was 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> and then Tommy told me later, he goes, when I went in there, it smelled so bad that I had to peek my head in the stall because I was wondering <laughs> what happened. And I didn't understand why there was foam everywhere. But... <laughs> That's why. She goes, I'm letting it sit. I was like, that's, that's the game I play too, Lizzie. I'm letting it sit. I'm letting these dishes soak. Don't oh, yeah. talk to me about it. I'm yeah, they like, got to soak for three days. I will clean them. I just have to let them soak. Mm-hmm. And you made the good point. Don't, that just teaches us and reiterates, don't go in on the day that you're not supposed to be there. I say it all the time. Bad things happen. Every time it's like, she wasn't even supposed to be working. And then... <laughs> And it's never good, Mm-mm. so just stay home. Don't go in on your day off. Rangers player Michael Young didn't have any iPod issues when he stayed at the Fister in 2011, but he didn't get a very good night's sleep. Snoozing in bed after a late game, Young told ESPN he made a deal with the Spectres in his room. The Fister? Oh, fuck that place. Listen, I'm not someone who spreads ghost stories, so if I'm telling you this, it happened, okay? A couple years ago, I was lying in bed after a night game, and I was out. My room was locked, but I heard these footsteps in my room, you know, stomping around. I would heard all these stories about this hotel, so I was wide awake at this point. And then I heard it again, the footsteps on the floor. So I just yelled out, hey, make yourself at home, hang out, have a seat, <laughs> but do not wake me up, Okay. <laughs> And after that, I didn't hear a thing for the rest of the night. I just let him know he was welcome. We could be pals. He could marinate in there for as long as he needed to. (laughs) Just as long as he didn't wake me up. I don't know if Michael Young knows about ghosts. (laughs) Or maybe he knows something the rest of us don't. Right? What are are you marinating in there? Like... Like, you got to come in here for a while and do your thing before you can move on to the next step. Yes. you got to marinate in the juices, then you go into the oven. He thinks it's like a process in the, the ghost world. Maybe it is. I don't know that Could it's be. not. Sinisterhood will be right back. FrameBridge makes it easier than ever to custom frame everything that matters without ever leaving the house, which means you can easily give a thoughtful gift this holiday season. We have been lucky enough to have a ton of incredible experiences with people we love this year. I would like to do something special for each of them. FrameBridge is the perfect way to frame what matters most to all of us. So whether it's a selfie with your best friend, their game-winning jersey, or a photo of us at the Mars Cheese Castle (laughs) holding a bunch of merch and wearing cheese hats, we should frame it with FrameBridge. It's the only way to give them a gift that only you can give. And we both were talking about we have a bunch of pictures stacked up everywhere. I have wedding photos. So many on my phone. 
And now they're going to be just, on our walls. You can just go to the site and upload it. And then they just ship it to you in a frame and you can just hang it up. Could not be easier. Here's a reminder of how it works. Just go to framebridge.com and upload your photo. If you have a physical piece to frame, they'll send you complimentary packaging to safely mail it in. You can preview your item in dozens of frame styles. Choose your favorite or this is where I need it. You get free designer help. The experts at FrameBridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece right to your door. Instead of paying hundreds at a framing store, FrameBridge starts at just $39 plus free shipping. Order online or stop by a FrameBridge store near you to work with a designer in person. Get started today. Frame your photos or give someone the perfect gift. Go to FrameBridge.com and place your order today. Helix Sleep is a premium mattress brand that provides tailored mattresses based on your unique sleep preferences. The Helix lineup includes 14 unique mattresses, including a collection of luxury models, a mattress for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made just for kids. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night risk-free trial. Try out your new Helix mattress, see how your body adjusts, and if you decide it's not the best fit, you're welcome to return for a full refund. Every body is unique, so Helix offers models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions. Plus, enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. I took the Helix Sleep Quiz. I was matched with a Moonlight Luxe mattress because I needed something that offered both back and stomach sleeper support because I do both. And Paris is like strictly stomach sleeper. So we had to accommodate us plus that cooling. Mm, The cooling is key. I got the Sunset Luxe because I sleep primarily on my side. Tommy's... Tommy's kind of all over the place. He's a side back and stomach sleeper, and it works great for him, too. But the motion transfer, almost minimal. So regardless of who's flipping around, you can't feel it on the other side, which is key to a good night's sleep. Not only is the mattress the best I have ever slept on, but the setup was fast and easy. Helix mattresses are delivered in a box and straight to your door for free. By supporting Helix, you're allowing them to support us and our show. Go purchase your Helix and thank us later for your best night's sleep. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash creepy. With Helix, better sleep starts now. CJ Wilson of the Angels took a similar tack to that of his Rangers and Giants counterpart. Just put in a request with the otherworldly presence. He talked to Stacy Pressman of ESPN and told her that one night, as he was unwinding after a game, surfing the web, the lights began flickering. Knowing the hotel's history, he asked, Really? <laughs> Expressing his frustration with the haunts, he told Pressman, I have this thing with ghosts. Just engage them or confront them. You know, just say, Hey, man, I'm here to chill out. I'm just here to send some emails. No big deal. Just leave me alone. <laughs> That worked for a moment until scratching began half an hour later. He assumed it was a Midwestern critter scratching in the wall. But still, irritated, he asked the ghost, Can you please just leave me alone? I am really trying to work here. (laughs) I like that he's like, I need to do my emailing. I'm sending emails. That was my first time. I go, what emails does C.J. Wilson reply to 
I mean, he's he's a he's capable of it. I just assume people like that have other people do shit like that. Right. It's like your people talk to my people, but I think maybe he's very polite and I like to think he responds to marketing emails. It's like at home is like sixty percent off patio furniture and he just responds, I'm actually not in the market for patio furniture right now. But I'll let you know if I change my mind. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh my gosh, thank you I'm so much. I'm trying to work here. <laughs> He's like, this is very important that I maintain these relationships. <laughs> he was like, if Potbelly Sandwiches does not hear from me, they'll start to worry. <laughs> I will. He suspected prankster teammates, but soon cleared his entire suite, noting no one was hiding in the closet or shower. The sounds continued and the flickering started again. This was the last straw, with Wilson telling ESPN... I'm like, are you kidding me? I don't want anything from you. Leave me alone. You know what? Write it down. Write down what you want. I can't communicate with you through lights. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, he has a point. No, it's great. We don't know unless, you know, SOS or uh, Morse code. It's a Stranger (laughs) Things shout out. But uh, (laughs) otherwise, write it down. But then also, CJ, you really want a pin to just be picked up and taken to paper? He's like, actually, email me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I will I'm respond within computer. 24 to 48 hours. It's CJ Wilson at what team does he play for? Uh, .com. Angels.com. Angels.com. It's angels.net. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost didn't leave him any notes, but when he compared his experience to that of his teammates the next day, he wasn't shocked to learn everybody had a story including one teammate locked in his bathroom, another seeing a ghost, and a third who had the lights go out while he was in the shower. Which is the worst one of those? Oh. Lights out in the shower? That's, locked in. I don't like that. Locked in the bathroom? Yeah, I don't like getting locked in stuff. Uh, yeah, or because lights off in the shower, you know when the lights come back on, something's going to be written on that mirror. Oh. Or like just a Or you print. have to reach your hand out from the shower curtain to turn Ooh. them on, and then you get a... Against you. All of these suck. Or you get Seeing a, the ghost. Or you just see a hand like, on the mirror. Oh, that? And then you're like, you get that? Hello. Damn. Make a they connection. all suck. I think it could have been, to me, this was three different ghosts, but perhaps it was all the same one. That's what everyone says, because sometimes you see the fully formed visage of Charles Fister, but other times there's just wacky shenanigans going on, or like shadow figures and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why some paranormal experts think that there's more than just, that Charles Fister definitely is there, just kind of wandering, but maybe all the tomfoolery and the pranks they're from all. others, yeah. yeah. Somebody else. Maybe it's whatever Fisters listened to on the iPod that day <laughs> de- determines the kind of day he's going to have. Like, I pick the music when I'm getting ready for shows. I'm like, what am I feeling? And I put it on, set a precedent. Last night and tonight, it was ABBA. Double ABBA. So we had a great show last night. Listen to ABBA. I wasn't going to tempt fate. Put ABBA on again. Then 311 came so we're eclectic <laughs> so you know are you having a 311 day or are you having an abba day what kind of day are you having two in one day mm-hmm. in 2016 the angels were in town to take on the brewers g-man Choi went back to his room after the first game and headed to bed while he was sleeping he felt a presence sleeping behind him Choi, however was no stranger to ghosts he told mlb.com i've seen ghosts plenty of times and that's the same with C.J. Wilson when he says, I have this thing with ghosts. 
How often are you encountering yeah, ghosts? Yeah, that implies you've encountered more than twice, I would say. Yeah, he's like, all right, I know what to do. I all got right. a thing. Just email me. You guys know my email. <laughs> I've already told you. Pass it around up there. <laughs> Everyone knows. Yeah, so uh, maybe there is something to be said that ball players are more, maybe they're more in tune with their paranormal side. If you play baseball, you're an empath. So <laughs> if you start we've learned. dating someone and you're like, what sport do you play? And they say baseball, they've probably okay. seen it go. So. Choi's first paranormal encounter, according to MLB, was back in 2011 after a surgery. Choi said, I was scared at first, so I didn't want to open my eyes. I dealt with that a lot more times after that. So in 2016 at the Fister, when the ghost sidled up behind him as he slept, spooning him and whispering into his ear. <laughs> if, you get, if you think a ghost is near you and then something wet happens, that's not right. You wouldn't think wetness will come from a ghost. Mm. Would, I don't know. That's why you stay at the Fister. You never know what's going to happen. Hey. Or even the ghosts are wet. The Fister Hotel. <laughs> if anyone from the Fister's here, and you want to talk to me about marketing ideas later, <laughs> uh, get in line between behind Todd Hulu and Jeffrey Netflix, and we'll, <laughs> we'll see you after the show. People try to call him Jeff Flix, but he doesn't like it. No, he doesn't. Don't embarrass yourself. <laughs> MLB.com asked him if he'd be willing to stay there for the rest of the Angels' time in Milwaukee. Choi replied with a laugh. I hope it's a girl. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, I've just dealt with it so many times, I don't really care anymore. <laughs> How many times have you dealt with a ghost spooning you and whispering in your ear? No. And why I'm don't you have a book that talks about all of those times? <laughs> that's right. That's what retire from baseball and write a book about right your away. He said the first time it was after his surgery and he was laying, you know, on his back and that the ghost actually got up on his chest. Mm. And so, so he said he was so scared he kept his eyes like closed. Like a sleep paralysis type yeah, encounter. Yeah, so I imagine if if you're pinned down by the ghost, if the next time they do it gently and they come up, you know, behind you. They're like, all right. And you're like, Things okay. Things have improved. This is better. Mm -hmm. This is better. Another show that needs to happen Major League Baseball players ghost hunting. Yes. All of and them I think, together. I think we have our star host coming up. Oh, yeah. This, well, and C.J. Wilson's got to be in there, too. Oh, yes. He's I mean, got they all can be. We're not going to turn down any Major League Baseball <laughs> players and want to be a part of this show. Five members of the St. Louis Cardinals ended up sharing a room in 2018 after two of them experienced sights too disturbing to brush off. Carlos Martinez told his Instagram followers that he couldn't sleep in his room after he saw a fully formed ghost figure floating in there. He was frightened and asked teammate Marcel Ozuna if anything strange had happened to him. Ozuna reported the same experience. The pair headed to teammate Francisco Pena's room where they met with Tommy Pham. This is, this is the remake of the Ghostbusters yes. that we need to write. <laughs> <laughs> and some coaches. The coaches were also involved. <laughs> All five men circled the bed and began playing cards to pass the time. Martinez turned to social media to share a video of the situation. He narrated, saying in Spanish, We're here in Milwaukee. I just saw a ghost. In Ozuna's room, he saw another one. We're all here. We're in Pinita's room. We're all stuck here. We're, we're going to sleep together. And if the ghost shows again, 
we're all going to fight together. <laughs> he's like selfieing it, and it's the bed in front, you and you see him to. circled around the bed, and he's like, we've all vowed to fight together. <laughs> and they're like, we have. I mean, that's ducks. What's the mighty, mighty ducks? ducks? The ducks. Fl- I don't know. I, I was thinking Lord of the Rings. there because I can remember the fucking punchline. You've got my uh, bat. Huh? You've got my bat and my glove and my cap. Yeah. Yeah. Once a teammate, always a teammate. Yeah. They're all together. And the five of them were like, yeah, yeah, man, I'm on board. I'm on board <laughs> with this. We'll fight a ghost with you. Absolutely, we will. I think that's a big uh, compliment to Francisco Pena, though, that they are like, whose room should we go to? Let's go to his. Yeah. He'll be a great teammate on our new Ghostbusters Mm -hmm, Adventure mm -hmm. Squad. Over the years, the only baseball player who seems excited is John Gray, the current pitcher for the Texas Rangers. His fascination with the paranormal began at an early age. He told MLB, I had an experience when I was younger that made me think, maybe this is real. When asked about his hobby as a ghost investigator in 2016, Gray told Root Sports, It didn't really start until this past off-season. I got to visit the Stanley Hotel, and it was pretty excited. It kind of got me into it. I thought it was kind of interesting. So in the off-season, this Major League Baseball player mm-hmm. ghost hunts. Yes. He played and Give him, him a show, you cowards. <laughs> yeah, why does he not already I have don't one? know. It's, I mean, I don't understand. I would watch every night. He keeps dropping hints, though, because he'll be like, I love Ghost Adventures. I'm a big fan of Zach Bagans. I, I love... Hint, hint. Yes, uh, please have me on. I'm already on TV. I'm famous, so, you know, I mean, people would already watch. That's sad when you're already a celebrity and you're trying to get on Zach Bagans' show, and he's like, <laughs> he tries to wield that bedazzled power over you. <laughs> like, you want to be on my show? <laughs> uh, I think I would, I wonder because at the time that he investigated the Stanley, he was playing for the Rockies in Colorado, oh, if I'm not sense. mistaken. Yeah. So I wonder if he keeps taking these job assignments that are, he's like, well, what, uh, what city? He are you only in? gets traded to teams yeah. that have a haunted history. Exactly. I like it. Oh yeah, we got something. That's why he's currently playing for Texas. There you go. He's uh, he's doing a lot of stuff at the grassy knoll. It's like <laughs> I'm gonna go out and uh, just practice throwing some balls today. They're like, oh, at the practice stadium, not the grassy knoll. <laughs> I mean, it's, there is a lot of grass in his defense. That's true, and mm-hmm. you could toss the ball across the street. You could mm-hmm. plenty of room. Gray didn't have any major encounters at the Stanley or any of his other outings, but he was not discouraged. Telling MLB. Besides a weird feeling now and then, I haven't had any hard evidence. My backpack's been moved before, but that's all. I haven't caught any voices or any visual evidence. I've been get investigated three times now, and I haven't seen anything. But just that one time when I was younger, it made me a believer. Never forget where you come from. <laughs> He won't let go. I like his determination. He's not going to give up. And there's great interviews with him, and it shows him. He'll let cameras follow him around, and he's got his little EMF meter, and he's just like, you know what? It's the same EMF meter that Lizzie used. Lizzie and John need a show. Oh, man. If y'all knew Lizzie, you'd be like, yes. She needs her own show. She takes a backseat to no one, including a major league baseball player. (laughs) That belief is what what made him so eager to investigate the Fister. If you want to follow in Gray's footsteps and search for ghouls, the star pitcher has some tips and tricks for conducting your own exploration. First of all, Gray says he only explores places with good vibes, saying, If there was a negative, dark experience, I don't think I'd go there. 
Good he, call. He only does the nice ghost. <laughs> I like mm-hmm. a man that's like, I'm not trying to get my soul stolen. <laughs> I don't want to get cursed. You got to do a lot of research then ahead of time to know what kind of ghost you're getting into. He also recommends being mindful of your interactions with whatever you may find. Explaining. I've been told that you never ask the question, how did you die? He also warns. I've always heard, don't give out your name, but I don't know how true that is. And even though he is a fan of Zach Bagans and the Ghost Adventures crew, Gray's final piece of advice. Never provoke. So, how did you die is a rude question. I agree. Yeah, that's, that's like asking someone how old they are. Don't, you don't ask that. Not well, even especially, in the afterlife. probably not a lot of fun most ways anybody yeah. died. Even if it's like in my sleep, surrounded by my loved ones after I lived <laughs> a great life. It's like, and thanks for bringing that up because it was a bummer and I'm not alive anymore. And on the other side, it's just like, I don't know what the ghost that was haunting the, uh, the bar we were just at. They said there was uh, a fire that had eaten up a bunch of wood and that they had stolen it from this man's house and they think that his spirit is... So, if it's a vengeful ghost, you don't want to provoke it by asking, how did you die? No, no, no. I've never heard, don't give out your name, and if you're famous, they probably already know it. His shirt has his name on the back of it. No, that's true. So, I think he's like... That's true. Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Author and journalist Anna Lardinos had studied the Fister and wrote the book Milwaukee Ghosts and Legends. According to her research, in 1893, an older Milwaukee resident recalled that the ground upon which Fister was built previously served a darker purpose. Anna told WUWM that the older man was talking about a time in the past when he lived in a log cabin that was on the land that now holds the Fister, and he reminisced that it was also a private burying ground. They were breaking ground for it, and he went to the property to look for some of the bones of the people, and he couldn't find them. So that's, I think, where this legend truly began, that this hotel is built on land that had once been graves. This is some poltergeist shit. Yeah. Also, this is a good neighbor and a good dude that was like, I got to go make sure they didn't fuck with the bones. (laughs) Sir, you got to get out of this construction site. I'm looking for bones. It's fine. (laughs) Well, wear a hard hat, I guess. I'm not finding any of them, though. Whether it is haunted by Charles Fister, the spirits of those souls whose graves have been disturbed, or a gang of ghouls who just really love the brewers... The gorgeous hotel located on Wisconsin Street is ready to welcome you for a cozy stay. If you check in, make sure you pack your EMF meter, EVP recorder, or at least a trusty baseball bat, just in case you have a ghastly roommate who won't let you rest. And take a tack out of the C.J. Wilson playbook and just be like, hey, I'm working here. (laughs) Yeah. What do you want? So what do we think? Yeah, I think uh, a, a hotel with this kind of history, especially if that resident is uh, correct, that they unearthed a bunch of bodies. I think that's not a good. How to place get fucking to cursed? One hundred and one is yeah. always by it disrupting a graveyard, mm-hmm. yes. and so that's where. And I think if you saw. If you're Guido Fisser or Charles, especially after the plans have already begun, and you see this like prime piece of real estate right near the water, right downtown, it's where you want to be to get all the bustling, you know, the fancy mm-hmm. business and political clients. And they'd be like, well, we have some bad news. There were bones in the body. He's like, throw them in the water. Just throw them in the river. It'll take them away. It'll just... Mm-hmm. So I think there's... Uh, there's something to be said for that, though, like, you have this single-minded vision and you don't care whose bodies you disturb on the way uh, to the top. If it was built on a graveyard, yeah, you're asking for trouble. I find it fascinating that all of these baseball players have 
stories. I think the next step is we got to move to another sport. Oh, where are all the NFL players staying when they come through? What's y'all's? That's the Green that Bay. That was a stupid so question. they're not going to be here. I know your football team is. It'll be a commute. A bit of, uh, you bought a cheese yeah. head today for your child. I did buy a cheese head today for my children. I did. I did. And then I took it and I just go, we're, we got to figure out how to get it in the suitcase. I don't know. I'm buying it. <laughs> we're going to figure it out. Uh, but yes, it's very cute. I was like, do I need two? And Heather's like, just, it could be a cheese head for the family. It's okay. I said, yeah. everyone gets a turn to wear it, and you, mm-hmm. it's whoever is wearing the cheese head for that day gets to pick the movie or something. Mm-hmm. You give them, like, it's like a fun, instead of, a, like, a little crown, it's, it's like a cheese the crown. crown shell in Lord of the Flies. Yes. You can't talk unless you are got the cheese head on. If you're wearing the cheese head. No, yeah. you're right. I wonder uh, where the, uh, the Bucks opposing team stay, or if it's just, again, maybe the Ghosts are just really big Brewers fans. Uh, I do think that the Charles Fister visage is probably him because you know people like that. Where are you, the names where else on the wall. They want, and you know, you want to make sure it's it's still running. I'm surprised that all the folks that let it go into disrepair from mm-hmm. the time Ray Smith was there to when they redid it. I'm surprised they didn't get cursed. <laughs> I hope Guido's there too, so yes. Guido and Charles can hang out in the afterlife. And there's a, a Guido bust in the right next to the piano in the yeah. lounge when we were there today, and there's a person busting out their little. Uh, binder full of songs and was about to start playing piano we were, right over there. Yeah, we, we left right before he started playing. You know what he probably opened with? Piano Man? Amber. Oh. <laughs> probably Piano Man, though. If we were like, sir, do you know Amber by 311? <laughs> I he's like, don't think he would Frack. have. <laughs> <laughs> Although yeah, now that I think about us. it, we were just leaving because we had to come to the show. It does look like we were leaving because he was going to start playing piano. <laughs> it did, kind if of. If you know yeah. the person that plays piano at the Fister, I'm sure he's lovely. Tell him we're sorry we left. Yes, ask and also tell him next time he better know how to play Amber by 311. Also, he's good. He's requesting. amazing that he can play that with a big-ass bust of Guido Fister, like, <laughs> sitting on the piano. And those cherubs, him. too. If you can get, yeah, those, man, those wicked little cherubs. <laughs> That's the thing about any, it's, this is a dumb thought. But and as a person with two life-size statues in my house, I was going to say that's the thing with any statue is you kind of look at it and go, man, if that thing came alive, at least with a bus, it's not really going anywhere, right? Maybe able to hop, but it doesn't have legs. If those Blues Brothers statues came alive in your house, sucked. If you don't know, if tonight's the first night you're meeting us, I have two life-size plaster Blues Brothers in my house. They're bigger than life-size, honestly. Elwood, from toe to tip of his hat, is seven foot tall. They're very big. It's like his head is like a butting up the ceiling is kind of pitched and he's like just barely not. So imagine it. you wake up or you just hear walking down the hall Every and then day. you just see that silhouette in the doorway. Because they're like mid dance. They are. They're very animated looking. That's even that's even scarier. Mm. Oh yeah, because they're just like walking down like mm. that towards you. No, I don't like it. Yeah. This, yeah, that's the danger, is it? You never know when a statue might come alive. No. Uh, yeah. I uh, think it's because of Ghostbusters as a kid. I think that, you know, when you're a kid, you think, well, I get it. It's not really real. But, man, when them gargoyles get going on Ghostbusters and start running through the city. Stay puffed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a gorgeous hotel, so I get why you would want to haunt it. Oh, yeah. It's I'd, beautiful. I'd hang out there in the afterlife. Got kind of Adolphus vibes. That's a fancy haunted mm-hmm. hotel in Dallas. And it was kind of built around the same time, the turn of between the 1800s mm-hmm. and 1900s, when it was a lot of these 
second generation inheritors of wealth that were like, Papa left me $4 million. I'll waste a bunch on a fancy place for me and my pals to hang. <laughs> I mean, it was the equivalent of like a rich guy treehouse, right? Because he yeah, builds this yeah. big hotel and then he was like, and I'll have this meeting and this meeting as well and this one thereafter. Is that a thing? Well, yeah, rich I mean, guy treehouse. What well, is now? What's a TV show like Love Island? Oh shit! I think we're learning that we're development executives thought, at heart. I thought because people cheered, I was like, "Is rich guy treehouse like a funny. thing?" Where I'm googling it I'm right now. See what it comes just up. stretch, stretch. Okay. Well, rich guy treehouse. Twelve businessmen, one treehouse. That is. Hold on. Uh, and in the treehouse, they have to fight to the death. <laughs> they, they get a cheese hat that they can pass around, and they can only talk. When they're wearing a cheese hat. There's a treehouse guy. And he well, is like, worth $3 million. Well, he builds fancy treehouses, I'm guessing. Pete Nelson, an American treehouse builder and reality show personality. Good for him. Pete Nelson, Stan, in the audience tonight. <laughs> he lives in Falls City, Washington. I imagine there's a lot of good trees there. Yeah, that's what it's for. He's the founder and CEO of Nelson Treehouse and Supply in Treehouse Point. That's too long of a name of a business. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I guess he makes uh, a lot of fancy tree houses. Who's Antonio Brown from the sports? God, y'all are know some deep cuts of people. He well, he has a tree house that was featured on Animal Planet's Treehouse Masters. Apparently, tree houses are a big thing. You can. I stayed in a tree house. Tree house was one point nine million dollars. They can get swanky. That's where we stayed on the last last part of our honeymoon. Ours was a tent treehouse, but it was still very was it lovely. Wasn't a $1.9 million treehouse? I uh, had to shit uh, in uh, earshot of my new husband. So, you know what? I think Baptism no. by fire, baby. No, I was you like, get it, out. I said, you got to go outside. And he was like, why? I go, because it's one room and the toilet is just maybe like a plaster half wall away. So fuck off into the forest <laughs> and I will call you when I I'll am I'll let finished. you know when you're allowed to come back. And I do have a very cute picture of him on the little balcony and he's just standing, staring into the woods with his hands in his pocket. <laughs> like, I'm just waiting for my wife to finish taking the dump so I can go back inside. Was this the one that you had to like do things to the toilet? To get yeah, it to flush. Yeah. It, it wasn't was a like a toilet toilet. No, it was a composting toilet. So it was like its own hole. There was, if, here's a thing. If you want to host folks at a hotel or spa and your toilet requires more than one page of instructions, pick a new toilet. Mm-hmm. It's not was the like, most relaxing thing to do when you're trying to enjoy nature and your honeymoon. Hey. You're like, hold on, I got to go. What did you have to do? Crank a thing. Crank it a was thing. a deal. I actually read the instructions, but I was like, people aren't going to read this. They're just oh, going to do whatever they yeah. want. I did. I Weren't followed. you going to empty it? And then you were like, no, no, because the person probably before me didn't empty I wasn't, it. I just didn't. Once I Googled, how does this work? And I figured out the mechanisms and the whatnot. And I was like, oh, I'm not getting... how the sausage was made. No. And you said you can't. Yeah. No, I'm like I'm the one, I'm I'm paying to stay here. I'm good. I'm good to go. Like yeah. some a professional no. that has looked at the innards of this before. God help them, mm-hmm. but they can they can handle it. Mm-hmm. I'll be good. You just spray some scrubbing bubbles and let it marinate. <laughs> just leave it. Come back six hours you later. Go back later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just wait for it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you uh, haven't been to the Fister, you can just go in. Have a they have a, a bakery. Which was yeah. closed. Cafe. But uh, they had another type of restaurant. And then they also had, we ate at the bar. So you don't have to be staying there to enjoy it. You can just go and have 
a nice meal or drinks and, and look around at all the spooky paintings. I want you all to bring it back. I want you all to bring back saying, meet me at the Fister fireplace. That is a, a, Don't a fun Don't explain thing it to the say. person that you say it to. You match with someone on a dating app and they're like, where do you want to go on a first date? And you go, meet me at the Fister fireplace. You know what I mean. 7.30 Wednesday. Be and there. And then prepared, be prepared to have some conversations uh, because it sounds like you're requesting to be fisted. <laughs> Which, if that's your thing, I'll go for it. But I'm just saying, if it's not, be... Like we were saying the other day on uh, dating apps, how certain emojis mean things. Yes. And we were trying to figure out um, what emojis would be, like, our personalities. And you said you... Uh, oh, God, what was it? Because you were like, oh, and then it could be rain uh the three droplets we were like no it can't either <laughs> no it can't <laughs> i was like oh i drink a lot of water i want people to know i like I to stay l- hydrated i love swimming i love the rain and you know what i think about taking a trip to georgia soon and put a peach on there <laughs> that'd be great i and recently I became a vegetarian and i love eggplants yeah <laughs> i get surprised easily so i got the oh <laughs> Oh, man. Just put that next to the peach. So. Emojis have changed, too, haven't they? Like, some emojis that used to mean one thing now mean a different thing. It's wild. That's stuff why makes... you got to have TikTok. You never know where you might actually be sending somebody. <laughs> you got to stay up on the mm-hmm. lingo. Or the, what's, where was it? Where the parents got all pissed off and at the school because they were like, our children are sending peach emojis, and these, we didn't know these mean butts. We're like, what did you think they meant? First of all, it looks like a butt. It's cute. It looks like a little butt. Yeah, I don't think... uh, How often do you think your children are discussing specific fruits? Like, you know what I mean? Mine? Ella talks about fruit more than most kids, probably. Well, I mean, texting. Like, teens texting Oh, she doesn't do that yet. Although, yesterday, she goes... Her little best friend is named Katie. She goes, "Uh, Katie isn't going to be at school tomorrow. And I said, oh, how do you know? She called me. I go, oh, uh, I didn't, my phone didn't ring, so I didn't, I didn't know that you got a call. I go, do you have your own phone? Mm-hmm. What's the number? Six, eight. <laughs> I said, okay, I'm going to call it. So when I call it, are you going to answer? And she goes, yes. <laughs> Which sounded like she wasn't going to answer. Uh-oh. She was like, it's oh. already starting. I screamed my calls. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, God, the day that girl gets a cell phone, the amount of emojis we're going to get sent. She loves emojis. That's great. She, every day, I want to send grandma, she calls emojis. And she has no, there's no method to it. She's just like. (laughs) So it's like everything you can think of, and it makes no sense. I like to look at him and be like, oh, maybe this is what she's trying to decipher it. Yeah, there's a lot. It's real dark sometimes. And a coconut. Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, we don't get it. Well. Well, yeah. Well, if you uh, have been to a show, while this is the end of our topic for tonight, it's not the end of our show, because we like to do a little bit called Judge Christie. Yes. Uh, If you're a Patreon, if you're a Patreon member, first of all, thank you so very much. But you've probably, thank you so much. You've seen this bit. Uh, But what we'd like to do is, in a minute, we'll ask for a grievance. Well, you have to shout out, I have a grievance. And a microphone, I believe, will be here in a a moment. Um, And you can tell us your grievance just in a couple sentences. We'll ask you some questions if we need. And then, 
I've got my gavel, and I my gavel fell out of the car today, and it got a little dinged up, and now we got to get a Sharpie and fix it. I was more concerned about this than my laptop that fell from a car onto concrete. From the back of a Jeep. I was more concerned about the gavel. <laughs> you heard, do-do-do-do, and she's like, my gavel and my laptop. Hold on. <laughs> Trying both to turn were, that both on. Were fine You're like, whatever, part. whatever. Hold on. Look at this. We'll fix it. We'll get some uh, lacquer. But yes, we will. We'll, I'll rule on it. My jurisdiction is global. All rulings are final. You cannot appeal. And Heather is my trusty bailiff. Hello. She forgot her badge, but she's it's still. It's in my bag. It's, it's in the bag. It's in the bag. I can't but, be trusted with anything. Yeah. Uh, but she likes to get us started with her own grievance. Yes. Uh, while you guys are thinking of some of your own. And our only rule is no bummers. No bummers. Mm-hmm. Well, this is inspired by, actually, when we were walking in the car today, and some youths. Uh-oh. Youths. One who had uh, his head was spray-painted with all different little smiley I faces. I saw him. And they were he fucking like around. like a snow cone. They were fucking around. You know what I mean? They were running behind things. They were playing, whatever. They were mm-hmm. maybe like 12 years old. They weren't really doing anything too outrageous, mm-hmm. but now that I have found myself uh, not a teen anymore, I've you know I have this image in my head of like oh they're kids just like let them play, but when you know young people start fucking stuff up, God I sound like I have a rape rake and I'm yelling in the yard like <laughs> get I'm trying to get my leaves straight get out of my yard, uh, but I. I'm a big fan of just being like, where are your parents at? Mm. Because I feel like they're not my kids to discipline, but there's also, I have found myself, unfortunately, sometimes being the only adult present. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to really handle kids. I'm just like, oh, hey, buddy. Uh. <laughs> I'm a good, like, fun aunt, but I'm, like, not a good disciplinarian. Mm-hmm. So even if my nieces start yelling at each other, I'm like, this sounds like a mom problem. Uh-huh. Um, and so I... Uh, you're not a fun aunt if you start disciplining No, not them. at all. I'm like, you lose that title. I'm like, I'm fine if you guys scream over a Barbie, but your wet blanket mom's <laughs> over here telling you you have to share. I'll give saying. you pizza and sugar and cupcakes <laughs> and soda, but uh, your lame-o moms yeah, will eat up sorry. vegetables. Your mom's a freaking dork. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no. So I guess my question to the honorable judge is, is it acceptable legal in your opinion because we know your jurisdiction is global and your rulings are final for me to in a way that is not overstepping my boundaries but like today like i said the kids today weren't really doing too much like they're pushing elevator buttons and kind of running around being like don't push those buttons just say something in a direct or should i go continue with my previous i think weaker response which is where are your parents and also i don't know about their parent life and i don't want to like bring up anything Just and like, be an well, asshole you don't ask how you died right you might not want to ask where are your parents and then they're like they were just killed in a car accident where are your parents like, you're like fuck. fuck push all the elevator buttons you want i'm sorry yeah you're so, opening up a can of worms with that your third choice yes is to say nothing and that's what I'm like, 99% of the time, it's not my business and I don't care. But if it was something like, you're now causing a backup on the elevators for everyone, like, please stop doing uh, okay, that. Yeah. Like, where it's something that's like, truly is disrupting or could like, make the elevator break down. Yeah, I mean, you're asking me? Yes, I'm asking for your ruling. My grievances with society, with these kids running loose and they don't know how to behave. No, I'm kidding. But for real, like, if they're out, you know... Doing teen stuff. I will say, um, and this isn't to you, this is to people that 
think or that like-minded individuals yes don't do it to my kids but you can do it to other people's if you want well that's my question too is it's like if they're if there's no supervision now, if they're this causing is, like if they're being huge assholes yeah. and like doing something destructive you know, maybe it's a, our responsibility as society to step mm-hmm. in. But if they're just doing stupid shit. I'm, but, I mean, I've also yelled at a kid to get off an air hockey table. Two of them. Because I wanted to play. So, you know. <laughs> wait, wait, Before wait. I had kids. So, if it impacts me directly, I can yell at them. I think so. I'm trying to play air hockey. Yeah. Or if, you know, they're like fucking, you can't like get out of a parking spot because they're messing around or something like that. Or you're trying to get on an elevator. I mean, I would be like, hey, guys, come on. Yeah. We're all trying to get somewhere. Also, your hair looks real stupid. <laughs> and then he did, he let, his hair looked real stupid. Someone I'm just going to say him. it. It looked like a snow cone gone wrong. It was not cute. <laughs> I hope it washes out. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think it's okay to say something if it's, like, a dangerous situation or if it just impacts you directly. <laughs> but as long as you – but just remember – Kids go back and tell their parents stuff. God, I know. And then you got an angry mom coming yeah. at you, talking about, why'd you tell my kid he looked like a snow cone? I would never say it to his those face. questions. We would just say it as he walked off. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I guess that was my grievance, or it was society. is like, where does the line drawn is me being the only adult around watching something that could go wrong and be like, you just let those kids do that and said nothing, and then their arm got severed in an elevator incident? And I'm like... Fuck yeah, I was trying yeah. to be cool. I'm like, hey kids, push all the buttons you want. Do one of these. That's it's true. fun. You could be complicit. You're trying to be the fun stranger. Yeah. And at some point you gotta just like with your nieces, you can be the fun aunt, but like if if they start setting fire to yeah. things, you might wanna step in. Yeah, that's true. I you're can't support like, that. All right. I would let y'all keep this fire going, but your dad is a real sack sure. of shit back there. <laughs> So I got to put it out. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. You, or you could frame it like that to the use. What's like, that? I know. I was a kid once, too. I'm Kids cool. Kids love it when you start a sentence like that. I'm hip like you. When I was young. And then, yeah, you're like, I'm not trying to be an asshole. <laughs> I, I bet it's real fun to push all these buttons. I got to be somewhere real cool. Yeah, right. I'm going to a full, cool, fun Avril Lavigne concert. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I'm going skateboarding, so, <laughs> and I need to go get my longboard. <laughs> they look like skaters. Yeah, yeah. You're like, or you're just like, hey, kids, I'm trying to go smoke a joint. Do you want to come? <laughs> and then, that, don't ask them if they want to come. Not That's here. a bad idea, too. Not here. It sounds like we'll be yeah. jailed. No, I think if it... If if anything affects you, say something. That's a good See point. See something, say something. God. Isn't that what we all do? We all can line up here. Oh, yeah. So if middle. you have a grievance, come on down to the microphone. We should have said that earlier. I think I did. Oh, sorry. I said it was being set up. But there it is. then everyone was respectful and didn't want to stand up while I was talking. Thank you. But now you may come on down uh, to the microphone if you have a grievance, and we will uh, rule on it. Or Please right there. take a stand. Thank you. And name and pronouns, please. Um, my name is Heidi. She, Hi, her. Heidi. Hi, Hello. Heidi. Um, so, like your shirt. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so mine is sports related. It's not ghost related, though. Okay. 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 It's not also, it's not baseball. Okay. Okay. Um, so I go to a mixed martial arts gym, and I the way that the classes are set up is there is kickboxing before jujitsu, And because I am 
kind of crazy. I like to do both of them and get like super, super tired. Um, and my, you know, I'm like, I'm paying to be there. So I want to work Pay hard and worth. work up a sweat. Um, so I always do kickboxing before I do jujitsu. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there is somebody who comes to jujitsu that I don't like. And I don't think anybody else really likes her either. Um, Damn, gym drama. <laughs> one of uh, my mutual friends said that she looks like she smells like dog pee all the time. So God. she you hear looks like she smells yeah. like it. Yeah. What my, does that look like, dude? My sister says that she'll see somebody on TV and she'll be like, "I don't know. He just looks like he's just gross. Like he stinks like cigars." And you're like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, he does though." I want as people what, look like they smell. What does a person that smells like dog pee looks like? Um, she's just kind of like wet, schluppy and greasy. Shrumpy, schluppy and greasy. Shlumpy? I guess. Shlumpy? Yeah, she's like she's like all like sad. I thought you said like, shrumpy, which no, is no, a no. great word, and I wasn't going to question it. I thought, and I now I'm going to use that to describe <laughs> okay. people. Sluppy and greasy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so we'll call her Stephanie. Okay. Um, Is that's that her not, name? No, it's not. But that's kind of a joke that we have. We're like, yeah, you're being a real Stephanie about it, and we're uh, talking about okay. her. So like how um, Karen, anybody named yeah, Karen, their yeah, lives are fucked yeah. forever. Um, my apologies mm -hmm. if anyone's name here is Stephanie, because I do like that name. It's just it's Thank what you. we decided on. Yeah. Thank we you for clarifying. Um, <laughs> anyway, so this happened. Lat back in the fall of this past year and so she came to a class I had just gotten done with kickboxing I always put on fresh deodorant and I changed my shirt and before I put on my big heavy gi because um, those things weigh like five pounds just mm -hmm. so you know um, and so she was my partner and for like Does she this, smell like dog pee? well no on, wow. <laughs> well, I, yeah. maybe we've all learned. We don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. Is it worse to look like you smell like dog pee or to or actually smell, smell like, like dog, dog pee? pee? I think um, it's worse to look like you smell like dog pee. Yeah. Because nobody even gives off. you a chance. And also you could wash it off if you actually smelled yeah. like dog pee. See, I was willing to give her a chance until she um, was my partner. And she's like, you're always so sweaty. Bitch. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. Right? I'm like... If You're always so sweaty, which implies she's been watching you in <laughs> class, and she knows that how you sweat. As Don't. someone who sweats, I'm currently sweating, and I have been since before I sat down in this chair. So, in like working out, I am drenched, yes. and I would be very mortified if someone commented on and, it. And also, no one should I mean, be ma monitoring someone's perspiration, <laughs> much less commenting on mm. it. And I know that I smell like fresh because, again, the deodorant and the mm -hmm. clean shirt and all that stuff. And you're and a cat owner. Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I am actually, yes. I um, knew that. I knew. <laughs> I, I, I knew. Um, but yeah, so it's like, and also my, you know, like I said, my philosophy is like, well, I'm paying to be there. So why would I just, you, don't have you know, to explain it to her. around? Yeah. I, and I didn't. I just kind of like. What gave, did you say when she said you're always sweating? I just kind of like, I like gave her like a, like a disgusted kind of look. And Good. I was like, I don't know what you want from me. Fuck. <laughs> That was what you said? Yeah, it was. Fuck, that escalated. <laughs> That's awesome. As a person who frequently says, I don't know what you want me to tell you, I don't know what you want from me. That's yeah. better. <laughs> I'm but moving. it also, if I was her, I would have thought, this is our first interaction. She must really have something. Like, I would immediately be like, there's a Facebook chat group about me and <laughs> what I smell like and how everybody else at this gym hates me because that's there's like history behind that yeah comment. Mm -hmm. I would also be like she's about to beat my ass I, 
I, huh? I do want to say as well, like, not to, like, toot my own horn, I am a belt above her as well. Yeah. So it's Toot like, your own horn. Okay, you earn so, that belt. What yeah. color is your belt? Okay, so the way that jujitsu works is you're at the same belt for, like, five years, and I took, like, a nine-year gap um, wow. to go to grad school and college and all that junk. So I have a blue belt. Um, I got it when I was a teenager, but so I, I still have that, and I'm... And Working so she's, just, she's just a white belt, and I, my she's friends, just a white well, my belt. friends, a lot of my friends at the gym Loser. are, <laughs> a lot of my friends at the gym are white belts, and they kick my ass all the time. So mm. like, they're really good, but she's not. She's not. So. Yeah. She's <laughs> yeah. a shitty white belt. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's like she she talks shit, and then she doesn't have anything to. Back what does it she up say with. when you go? I don't know what you want from me. Well, she kind of like backtracked a little bit. I she bet was like, she was like, oh well, I mean, I just you know like I just don't listen to me and stuff like that. And I'm like, I won't. So you know. Damn. <laughs> just don't listen. listen. To me. You're fucking full of just retorts. <laughs> this is great. And you the delivery is just nah, it's yeah, impeccable. Good retorts. Like, so I what don't. is your specific grievance? I guess my my grievance would have been what's a good snappy comeback for her? For her? <laughs> yeah. Like you want to know next, what she should have said to no, you? No, 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 no. The next time she I have to work with her, and if she oh. says something, because I might like I'm worried that I'm just gonna like actually like go pop off on her and then it's gonna be a whole thing, you know? But damn. Uh, well, my first thought went to a Seinfeld episode with George and the shrimp. Yeah. The shrimp called. They want their, or the ocean called. They want their shrimp back. The idiot store called. The jerk You're store. their best customer. Right. Um, the arch is a good one. And then if she, like, quotes something Seinfeldian back to you, then I think you should let it go and embrace her <laughs> as a friend. Friends. Because she's probably cool. Um, I mean, how how much do you want to hurt her? <laughs> well, see, that's another annoying thing about her too is that she never stays for grappling. And the one time that she did, like, I totally destroyed what's grappling? Her. Oh, that's when you actually like um you like wrestle on the ground and yeah. stuff. Oh, and probably because to... she feels the animosity from <laughs> everybody so... in that class. She all knows. Hate her. She's gonna get got. Like, if I stay around, I'm gonna get my ass kicked. Oh, yeah. There's and it's not just me. There's other people at the gym that are like, man, she never comes to grapple and she's always saying shit. And I just wish that I could wreck her. And it's like, has yeah. anyone thought to befriend her? <laughs> Perhaps well, she needs a friend. My, my friend who is—you uh, do not want to be. My, my oh, friend who it. is a much nicer person than me, who I brought here. Um, she has been like, I will be her friend. I'm like, but you don't have to do that if you don't like her and you don't like being yeah. around her. You know, so. but she can if she wants. She can if she you're wants. You're trying to talk people out of being nice to her. Is what you're trying I like to do. that. I like that you're trying to load your quiver with like a bunch of just like you're ready to just. So, are you afraid or in concern that she's going to talk shit about your perspiration again? I mean, it's just, you know, it's like she, you, now it's like she's there and I'm like, oh, great, she's here again. Like, I wonder what she's going to say about Can stuff. Can you just so. not partner up with her? Yeah, no, I definitely, like, try to avoid it, but like sometimes, avoid it. Okay. depending on who's, like, running the class, they're like, oh, you two can work together. And you're just mm. like, okay, thank you. Uh, I mean, well, I would say the mm-hmm. Zen thing is to just go, that's your opinion, I don't care. But the really... Uh, oh, painful you thing you could go say. home and if you'd like to hurt her I would say if she talked shit to you again I'd go like well maybe we could talk about it the next time you stay for grappling and don't just bail before <laughs> doing the actual work but that's the mean thing to that's say that's nicer than what I was gonna, we're gonna say. Like, say I like that I was I mean I was just gonna be like well at least I don't look like I smell like dog piss <laughs> damn which would cut someone to the core cause <laughs> it's like, such a weird thing to say what? But then you would, and you would spend the rest of that night going home and just looking in the mirror like, I do kind of look like I smell <laughs> like dog pee. And then you're like calling your family like, have y'all ever thought that I look like I smell like dog pee? 
like, honestly, now that you mention it, yeah, I can see why others might think that. It's one of those things like, you didn't look at him and think he smells like cigars, but then when somebody points it out to you, you're like, yeah, "Yeah, I totally see it. Yeah. It's like Helen Hunt smells like lemons. That's what I've always thought. (laughs) You just know it. Am I wrong? Nope. (laughs) Nope. She looks like she smells like lemons. Fresh lemons. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's it. Citrusy. Yeah, yeah. Depending on how uh, you can either befriend her and maybe you found a nice friend or ruin her life and she'll probably change (laughs) gyms and then you don't have to worry about it anymore. (laughs) Sounds Uh, good. And best of luck with your next belt. Thank you. Thank you, Your Honor. I appreciate it. it. There you go. Get it, get it. Who else has a grievance? Oh, I saw your hand. You can uh, feel free you to line, line up, up if you would also like you can to line up. up if you'd like. I mean, or we'll don't have to cut off a line at some point, but you know. You uh, hello. hello. What is your name and pronouns? Hi, my name's Taylor. I go by she, her, and they, them pronouns. Hi, Taylor. Um, so I just wanted to start by thanking you guys for doing what you do because, um, and this is all relevant actually into my story. We're never um, going to tell you to stop <laughs> talking nice us. about us. I like so a compliment. Fine. I can gas you up a little bit, but no, it's very. <laughs> <laughs> During the pandemic, it's pan- or it's um, podcasts like your guys's that really helped me get through Aww, some of the parts of it. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So That's very nice. Thank you. Thank you to everybody. Yeah, and so actually that inspired me to start sharing paranormal stories about mm. Wisconsin that I've been hearing since I was a little kid. Ooh, very cool. That Had mean, you heard of the Fister? Yes. I'm yes, sure. Yes, I've actually, <laughs> I've covered it before. Nice. Um, that being said, I have a TikTok account that's gained quite... All oh, right. are you TikTok famous? You're TikTok famous? Yes. Yeah. What Call am I doing? It. Get it on your phone. <laughs> oh, God. Look at... Wait. Why do we have to wait? Go ahead. What's happened? What's the waiting? Oh, oh go oh, ahead. That's oh, okay. why we're going to figure it out. We're going to peel it up. What's your TikTok handle? It is Gothsconsin. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Gothsconsin's good. Uh, okay, we're going to pull it up. Wait, Goth skeleton? Sconson. Oh, like Wisconsin, big goth. Like a goth Wisconsinite. See, All yeah. right, we're gonna get oh, it. Oh yeah. So look at that. Follow. Let's see. Oh, you just gotta follow. Let's see. Wait. Oh, wait. Scroll <laughs> back up. You got 123.9 thousand followers. No big. We can make that 124. Very nice. Thank okay. You. So what's your grievance? No. So it and it truly is like like I said, you guys were such an inspiration for that. So it's cool Thank that it's you. it's turned into this, and it's great to have be able to talk to you guys about this silly little grievance because it's rare that I get to talk to other paranormal entertainers about something like this. Um, So, and I don't know if this is something you guys experience, but my silly little grievance is that my huge, huge, huge family, I have like 71st and second cousins, a bunch of aunts, a bunch of uncles. Wow. Um, Yeah. They all take a lot of pride in what I do. And that's beautiful. It's very cool. I love that. It's very cool. But there are some days that I think I just want to turn off talking about the subject Mm -hmm. because it always seems to come up. Mm -hmm. Um, And I understand it's very uh, fascinating to a lot of people because they aren't familiar with it. Um, But so I guess my grievance is I don't know if I'm in the wrong for wanting to not talk about it. Mm -hmm. And if I don't want to talk about it, what's an appropriate way to, you know, kind of shut down that conversation? For sure. 
as a pair of people who both and, send out at the same time. <laughs> yeah, you know, as a pair of people who together or separately, and it's fantastic when they go like, "What do you do?" and you tell them, and they're like, "Did you want to hear about this person who had a horrifying run-in with whatever?" And it's like, oh, "I wanted to buy this bag of chips and leave the grocery store, but you you would like to tell me, so I would love to listen." Mm-hmm. But I think a really fun way is uh, I like to just ask people about themselves, and then they just want to talk about themselves. That's going to probably be paranormal, so you could. If they don't know what you do, just tell them that you're something different. I don't know. Make it up. A well, dentist. If it's, if it's her family. But if it's your family yeah. that knows. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably. thinking strangers. Yeah. I love talking. to. I get to. I get recognized just about like every day. Like I get Humble to meet brag. so many yeah. people and hear so many. Nice <laughs> though. <laughs> I get to hear so many like crazy stories and that's awesome. And mm. I'm prepared for that when I go out. Yeah. It's more like when I'm at mm-hmm. um, like a family cookout. And I'm not going to yeah. say barbecue because I heard the grievance the other day about <laughs> Texas barbecue versus everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm at a family cookout, I don't necessarily want to be talking about no, I get that. random like like numbers on TikTok and stuff like oh, that. Oh, really? Yeah. So they're more talking about your TikTok yes, stuff and not just yes, paranormal yeah, stuff, like were, business side of things. Yes. I had a person, yeah. that, uh, friend of a friend though, but we were kind of talking in, at a kid's birthday party. They're not in the entertainment industry or whatever. And he was like, how much money you make doing that podcast? Yeah. And I was like, how much money do you make as a detective? Like, it's also, really... you're a detective. So, <laughs> you can figure that out. Probably, maybe Google it. No, but yeah, I was just like, oh, it's so, I mean, it's, you know, it's like a real job. But like, I don't, I but like, that's wife, tacky. Don't yeah, ask it was like bizarre. <laughs> it was a yeah. little bit like, Ugh. I think it's okay to set boundaries like that mm-hmm. because it is something when it's like all consuming and especially with like, influencer stuff you can't really turn it on and off it's yeah if you go out you're like always have to be on because that's your business mm-hmm. so when you're just around your family and you want to relax i think that that's perfectly reasonable and i think just saying like i love you guys i love your stories but i just i love y'all's company so much i just want to enjoy it and i don't want to talk about work right now sure and yeah deflecting with a question about them how's so-and-so doing yeah, oh yeah, have you yeah. done this yeah. recently tell me about your hobby that you're into and then even if you don't care just disassociate while they answer it's great <laughs> sure. yeah no perfect yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> uh we'll give goth gonson a follow done and done uh, yeah thank absolutely you thank, thank you. you so much I thought people were lining up and then no, okay. Okay, come on down. Y'all, is that where the line started? That's where you chose to start the I like line. It. 30 because, feet behind the microphone. Because I if like you want to bail and go to the bar, you could. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. I like it. What's your name and pronouns? Uh, Tyler, he, him. Hi, Tyler. Um, I'm really here mostly to embarrass my girlfriend. Excellent. She just went to the bathroom, so that kind of backfired. Do you need to wait for her to get out of here? No, it's okay. I'm sure she can hear. Um, <laughs> You What's can hear her in the bathroom? Uh, Maria. Oh, you can? What's, What's her name? name? Maria. Hi, Maria. I hope it's going okay in there. Yeah. Don't push um, Don't push too hard. One time I busted a blood vessel in my eye. Don't do it. It's tough. So along so. the lines of yelling at children. Yes. You, I'm sorry. What did you say? Along the lines of yelling at children. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, in the hotel. and yeah. Um, this afternoon, uh, we had let the dogs out. And uh, we, you know, in the backyard, tend to yell at our dogs if they do something stupid. Uh, so our that dog- was the toilet. That was Maria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's about to come out she's, here. She's done. She's yeah. fuming. We this can hear too. We it turns out we can hear. Yeah. This is a deep cut reference to Christine Lottie situation. Does anybody remember when she went to the bathroom and famously won? I think it was an Emmy. Oh, and no. they're like they call her name, and then she comes running out. And is like I was, I was in, in the, the bathroom. bathroom. I think I do remember that. Hello, yeah, yeah, Maria. Yeah. Hello. Hi, hi, Maria. 
She made it. Welcome to the party. How'd it go in there? Hi. Hi. So you're letting the dogs out hollering out in the yard. So yeah, mine's uh, real easy. It's a right or wrong. Uh, you know, she's yelling at Miles, our, our puppy, because he just ate some dog crap off the ground. Well, we had a dog and, that did uh, that. you know, she screamed several times, Miles, Miles, we have a bunch of kids that play in oh, our uh, back alley. <laughs> and one of the kids pipes up, like, they're right behind our, our fence and, and yells, shut up! The kid <gasps> yells, shut up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, wow, directly. bold. Yeah. I don't think and, so. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm like, I, I, we don't have children, so I'm like, no! And I like, <laughs> yeah. That's I a bellow, good response. You know, what I, no, probably I think said. that's good. Absolutely, I will not shut up in my backyard. No, I would have yelled, you shut up, and right. I have kids, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, so real simple, right or wrong, yelling at children, appropriate response. Was, you're was that an appropriate response? They instigated the yelling. You Thank can't you. tell somebody that's in their own yard to stop yelling. <laughs> exactly. Unless... I immediately felt guilty, though, because I was yelling at, like, kids on, like, power wheels in the alley. Listen, if they're aggressive enough to come at you like that, I think you have to fight fire with fire. Yeah. And you scream at the children as loud as they scream back at you. And if, right. if they went home and said to their parents, hey... This lady was yelling at her dog, and we told her to shut up, and then they said no. I, I would be like, they did the right thing. Yeah, you should have shut up. Don't yell at people to shut up. You fucked around and found out, mm-hmm. kid, so shut yeah. up next time. What you kind of puppy th- is Miles? Oh, yeah. Right. What kind of puppy is Miles? Oh, he's uh, mixed. Uh, he's got an underbite. It's he pretty has sweet. A really, oh, he has a terrible, terrible underbite, and he looks very confused all the time, but he's a very good Aww. boy. Confused with an underbite, but very sweet. Well, yes. there you go. All right. Well, yes, I think your response was appropriate, and maybe put up some signs. Beware okay. of dog out in that alleyway. Beware dog children. will kill you. And don't <laughs> yell. Don't be yelling back here, especially yeah. not shut up. Yeah, I will or, yell as loud as I want. Play at your own yard. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're you're good. You're good. All right. Don't Thank feel you. guilty. Thank right. you. Thank All right. you. Thank you. Did you have something, Maria? I just want to ask a really quick question. Come okay, to the step microphone. Step up onto the mic. Oh, sorry. It's not like the bathroom sorry. where we can hear everything. <laughs> <laughs> you guys step up to the mic. Both of us also do jujitsu. So I just Wait, are y'all oh, we have a grievance follow-up. No, no, I just want to know what gym do you go to? Oh, oh nice. Tell her offline. Uh, offline, because dog pee girl goes there. Okay. So we'll okay. talk about right, You can right, t- right. ask her offline. There you but go. But I totally understand the looking like you smell like dog pee. You get it too. Okay. All right. Damn. Well, good. And I'm uh, now we've made some friends tonight. <laughs> so good. That's fun. Make a connection. That's fun. I, the line still remains back there. I love I it. I like it. I like it. This Come is a on price down. is right. This is very price is righty. I was just supposed to... Uh, hi, what's your name and pronouns? It also kind of feels like the price is right if you get to like... Well, we'll... Uh, get a trying to see what you could win. Uh, so my name is Jeffrey. Hi. Net- Netflix. Uh, Jeffrey Netflix? You're the Jeffrey the Netflix? Jeffrey Netflix. Uh, we have several ideas. You, you, for this. you may call me Jeff. My pronouns are he, him. Okay, Hello, Jeff. Thank you. Um, yeah. Um, so um, I have a friend who recently purchased a house and... Um, they don't really have a, a bunch of stuff to fill said house, and so they have some guest bedrooms. And so uh, I had an old mattress that I just purchased a new one, so then I gave them said old mattress and uh, even took it to their house and uh, let them borrow it. And now I've gone over to their house a couple times to hang out, and they've made several comments about how shitty the mattress is, 
how uncomfortable the mattress is, how people have complained about it. So I guess my question for the judge is, is it too petty to ask for the mattress back? Fuck no. yes! Or, or should we cut their break lines? Is yeah. that... Is that... You went from A to Z real quick. Yeah. yeah. That's how Jeffrey Netflix does yeah. it. Oh, yeah. You, know what? you don't get to the top of the business yeah, world. You, playing don't, it yeah. safe. you don't have a major streaming platform yeah. playing it safe out Caring here. Caring about people's feelings. That's um, real ball, ballsy to <laughs> complain about a free gift somebody gave you. For real, how close are y'all? How do y'all know each other? What's going on here? Um, we went to school together, and now we are uh, co-workers together. And so... Like, so you're not friends? We're, we're friends, but it's mainly like uh, uh, convenience friends. Damn. <laughs> I was about to say, let me point out that when I said, how do you know each other? You go, we're great friends. We're best uh, you friends. went, well, the well. thing is they've been glomming on me for a decade. <laughs> I can't shake them. And now you've given them a mattress. What do you say when they're like, well, Carl was staying over there tonight and he woke up saying his back hurt from that shitty mattress in there. It, I, it's just so like shocking. That it just is. Like, uh, uh-huh. God. You're like, wow, it sounds like something's wrong with Carl. Yeah. First of all, he's an asshole because yeah. he got a free bed. In a, he got a free night's sleep and a free bed. And I'm surprised they say. have people to spend the night because they right? sound like an asshole. This per- your they friend. sound terrible. Your coworker who you think is not a friend, but you pretend like it is a friend. <laughs> Do you feel comfortable enough with this non-friend to be like, well, you get what you pay for, am I right? And you slap him on the back and laugh and like, yeah. <laughs> right? Just get like real old timey with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you got to get old timey with it. Get a bucket it. hat. See, if you say it as a joke, but you're really not joking. No. You know, and when you yeah. stop laughing, then you just go. <laughs> and just uh. kind of yeah. And you maintain eye contact. Yeah. Yes. And they'll slither away. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and then them. if it keeps up, you say, you know what? Let me take that back off your hands. I didn't know it was going to be such a problem when I gave you a free mattress for this house. That it seems like you shouldn't have bought because you can't afford to furnish it. Burn. <laughs> but so I'll take this off your hands. And then you got to deal with that. I mean, because it's a mattress. So you just, uh, then you find, okay, I've solved it. <laughs> find out what, when bulk trash picks up. I was going to say, it is really hard to get rid of That's the what mattress. I'm saying. You, yeah. you find out when bulk trash is. You're like, hey, uh, you want to get together for dinner on July 27th? Uh, before National 10 Big Trash Day. Yeah, I mean, because it always picks up on a Monday. Yeah. So you're like, hey, let's have breakfast. And then you tee them up, and you're like, oh, uh, how's the mattress doing? And then Fuck, it like, sucks, man. You're so shitty as ever. Uh, well, here. let me take that off your hands for you. Then you take it, and you just go leave it on its curb. And you're like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've gotten out of his house. It's no longer his, and you don't have to cart it around. And it sits in front of his house, which is an eyesore. Yeah, and then you just got to get a good, like, good, like, eh, when you leave and just be like, night, night. And you slam the door, <laughs> drive away. Sweet dreams. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then you got to find a new job because it's going to be real awkward yeah, to so go you'll to, have to work change with careers. this guy you'll again. Have to, you'll have to change careers. He'll probably quit. I bet he quits. That's pretty aggressive of you to do. Yeah, so. give it to him. <laughs> I bet he does. Um, yeah, how's that you. sound? That sounds perfect. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you so Mr. much. Flix. Thank you so much, Mr. Netflix. It was an honor to meet you. Uh, come on down. You are the next contestant on our show. Uh, okay. What is Hi. your name and pronouns? Um, Mandy. My pronouns are she, her. Hi, Hello. Mandy. And are you drinking a White Claw? I am drinking a White Claw. Tall no, White yeah. Claw. Keeping it very classy. You are. Um, 
So to preface this story, have you seen Wet Hot American Summer? Yes. yes. Okay. One of my favorite movies. So you know the scene where um, Molly Shannon's just losing her shit and all the kids are like, yes. they're there. So now you have my relationship with my mother. Um, oh. wait, who, which one are you? I'm one of the kids like, being okay. like, they're there okay. while, Molly she, while Molly Shannon loses it. Okay, gotcha. Okay. So recently, my husband and I and our daughter, Stephanie. Uh, <laughs> Hi, Stephanie. <laughs> went um, up north uh, to share like this cabin with my mom and my extended family, my brothers and my sisters. And uh, we ended up in like the loft part. So you can hear like everything. The loft part? The, like the loft yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. And everyone yeah. else had like the little bedrooms. Um, my daughter is about 18 months. She's about a year and a half. Um, she's here? No, she's not here. Oh, the I other was just one. doing a throwback to the Stephanie. Her name was Stephanie. Oh, the, gotcha. Doesn't <laughs> baby doesn't I just look. heard 18 months and I was like, can I hold her? No. <laughs> I she's fast Feynman asleep. Um, so when she's in a new place, understandably, you know, children mm-hmm. lose their shit. Mm-hmm. And she was ready to go down for a nap, so I took her upstairs. And I hear my mom tell my nephew, who's four, she's like, you want to earn some money for the arcade? Let's run the vacuum. And mom. And my daughter's eyes have been closing, and they were, like, wide open. And I'm, like, sitting there for 15 minutes. I'm like, should I be the asshole? Should I, should I go down? Should I say something? And finally, I was like, I'm going to go down and say something. Yeah. After it had run for five hours, I feel like, I go down there with her, who's just Screaming, taking, taking wild swings, mm. and I'm like, you know, she was almost asleep, but someone decided to run the vacuum. And I'm not someone who usually criticizes my mother. Mm-hmm. Did you say, but someone decided to run the vacuum? Or that was that the phrase you used? That was the phrase I used. Okay. okay. <laughs> A um, little passive aggressive because we all know who was running the vacuum. It was, yeah, it was someone. And she decided to make it a day long ordeal, where she's like, <gasps> she got very dramatic. She and got hurt very dramatic. Something. She's like, you know, it could have been other things. It's a loud cab, and I'm like, except her eyes were closed, and then the vacuum started, and then her eyes were not closed. Who vacuums on vacation? Unless you like tried to open a bag of rice and it went <laughs> everywhere, well, you're fine. You Wait till you leave. Was there sand everywhere? It was like it was like a ver- how do you say it verbo, verbo? rental. Yeah, and so I think she was just she has ang- very high anxiety. That's what she's it a very like. traumatized individual from yeah. a very young age. Um, and so we got into like a, I was just quiet, letting her like run her thing, and she was like, "You talk to me like I'm a child. I never speak to you like that." And I'm like, mm, Uh-oh. "Ma'am." Uh oh. <laughs> Did you say, "Ma'am"? I said, "Ma'am." <laughs> oh man. Okay. And um, finally, she's like, "Well, I'm sorry I ran the vacuum." And I'm like, "Well, I'm sorry you can't metabolize criticism." Um, <laughs> Jesus. You had an opportunity there. You I, almost had peace. You almost had I've, peace with your mother and maybe I've a breakthrough. Had a lot of years of not. Yeah. And then I, I feel you. You got a lot of stuff pent up, so it's not so, just about the vacuum. You got no. a bunch of shit. It's it's not the vacuum. Mm-hmm. Um so I just wanna know, am I the asshole? I'm not Do you gonna say know? you're not the asshole. <laughs> and how, as someone who was previously like a person with no boundaries that just mm-hmm. kind of let her situation happen to me as someone who's trying to set boundaries, as someone who's spent a lot of time unpacking things, how do I navigate mm-hmm. someone who hasn't quite caught up to that? Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Yeah. I think um, 
speaking uh, directly when, like, instead of someone decided to run the vacuum, if it was just, hey, mom, she was almost asleep. I know that you want to vacuum and we all appreciate that. But can you maybe wait until she wakes up from her nap? Yeah. Uh, would she react better to something like that? Probably. Mm, it's hard to say, but maybe. But yeah. she also the type that, like, it's going to go bad no matter what. Anything that she can perceive as criticism, yeah, she's yeah, going to, yeah. yes. She feels challenged and yes. defensive and embarrassed, yes. probably. Yeah. What do you think about this? Yeah, I think you're right that uh, maybe the tack of, like, it sounds like you can't metabolize criticism. It sounds like you have things that you need to say to her that maybe are uh, you can work on in a private setting, mm-hmm. saying them in the most harsh ways, and then maybe journal and work through ways that you could approach things in the future. I'm a big fan of, like, planning. I'm, like, a planner sure. and a trainer, and I try to train for stuff. Like, if someone, if I find myself in situation X, this is how, and it sounds like I have anxiety because I think um, we're learning that I do. Yes. But where I'm like, well, these are the possible scenarios. How can mm-hmm. I work myself into it? So maybe just thinking about it, journal about it. Like if I'm faced with a situation my mom, I will. My first instinct is to be like, well, somebody did this. But what I will do is have my second thought. So I think that's a, oh, that's yeah, a good that's way good. to go about it. Also, just demand a room with the door yeah. when y'all go on a cabin. Yeah, don't get Because you got the baby. I think loft. you deserve it. Like, the loft's hot. Nobody wants to be up there. No. no. My therapist always has said if you have an issue like that, to bring it up when you're not already in in it and mad about sure. stuff, which is awkward, but then you can like talk about it where the there's less emotion involved. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like there's a whole lot of therapy that needs to happen. Yes. It talks with your mom. Correct. So it doesn't get to yeah. So then like little things like a vacuum don't set you off like that. Salvageable. But it's much easier said than done. Mm-hmm. My gavel swinging isn't going to fix that. I, I wish it could. If this was a wand, which now it is. When it will be. <laughs> it's now my gavel wand, and I can now cast spells <laughs> as well as uh, make, what decisions. Is, make decisions. Yeah, so um, pick a time when y'all aren't pissed off at each other to talk about yeah, things. That's a good one. And <laughs> never get the loft. It's hot and doesn't have it a door. Is, yes. yes. Good Done. luck. Thank, Thank you. you. You're welcome. Come on down. Come on down. What does your shirt say? My favorite season's the fall of patriarchy. My favorite nice. season is the fall of the patriarchy. That's Very awesome. Nice. Yes. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Like it a lot. What's your name and pronouns? Bend down the microphone oh, yeah. and speak directly there into it. There you go. I had a feeling that would be a problem. But. No worries. Step a little bit closer. You might have to lift it up a little, too, just so we can all hear you. Gosh. My name is Morgan. She, her. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you, Morgan. My grievance is with uh, my husband's definition of best friends. Ooh. So I consider my husband and sister my best friends. Okay. Uh-huh. He says that they can't be my best friend because they have, like, a different relationship with me than a typical best friend. So... He says that they're like a different level of friends, but I still consider them my best friends. So he wants something better than best friends is his title. Yes, husband. You got a husband. Yeah. You got that one. Good to go. <laughs> is his concern that you? He thinks you equally love them, and he's trying to say he wants to be the king of the hill. No, he, no. It's he. When we talked about it, he's like, "Well, you're not my best friend. My best friend is <gasps> Zach." And I was like, oh, "Well, you and Casey are my best friends." And he's like. Where your husband and sister, it's different. So he has it in his mind, family and and friends can't be the same thing, or it's a little different. Yeah. Mm. I can see where he's coming from, but I don't agree with that, because I know a lot of people whose siblings are their best friends, or their moms are their best friends. So I think you can be 
more than one thing to somebody. And I think, as I quote Mindy Kaling, best friend is a tear, not a person. Oh, so, I like that. That's what I think. Because I think people bring you different things in your life. Mm-hmm. And that's what, uh, that's when we are best friends. Like we, there's things that Christy does for me in my life that no one in the whole entire world does for me and makes me a better in different ways that nobody else in the whole world. So in that way, but she so is does my best friend. But so, so does, does my Paris. husband. Yeah. yeah so. And so for you, like, I think I bring you things that mm-hmm. Tommy doesn't or that, you know, mm-hmm. so it's like we all have these relationships. So I think you can both say i think for you if you feel that your husband's your best friend put him on the tier mm-hmm. but if he ain't reciprocating downgrade him and Ooh. tell him if he tries really hard he can get back in the best friend zone mm-hmm. i'm just petty though i'd be like well i don't know going to see that movie is something i would do with my best friend so i guess me and my sister will You'll just be go. seeing it alone i like that right i like the tier thing because i've always hated the word best friend because best means it's the top of something but i have a lot of Friends, I consider the best. Yeah. But then, so I like the tear aspect. It's yeah. a tear, not a person. So it's a tear, not a person. Uh, that is uh, harsh of him, though, to be like, "Well, you're not my best friend, it's Zach." <laughs> <laughs> you're like, "Well, Zach sounds real fucking cool." <laughs> yeah. I'm cooler than Zach is. You're, cool, you're, cooler, you're cooler. Of than course Zach? you yeah. are. Yeah. Or you would have married Zach. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I think it's it's a tear, not a tear, person. not a person. Yes. Final ruling. Thank you. Yes. Come on down. Yeah. We got time for uh, one or two more. So, oh, I like your dress. Hello, hello. Thank you. What's your name and pronouns? My name is Lauren. She, Lauren? her, yes. Nice to meet you. Uh, first, in my early 20s, I partied at the Fister. Scoot a Come closer before. to Sorry. the mic. In my early 20s, I partied at the Fister. Oh, right. nice. I didn't deal with any ghosts, but I had a really terrible boyfriend. So Okay, been there. Okay. That's, I would rather the ghosts. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. To be fair. <laughs> Um, so my grievance is, it's about my daughter. I also have an 18 month old daughter. Nice. Who is my best friend. And you're about to, (laughs) you're about to have a grievance about her. No, well, parenting styles, I guess. Okay. Like I love my husband dearly. He is a fantastic father. But is he your best friend? He he is he is, and his name his name is Zach. So it's like all these things are coming and your together. Your daughter's name is Stephanie. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> Livy. Um, so I I'm a teacher, so I stay home with her in the summer. And this summer, I've let her explore, and she like likes to climb on top of like she's like this little toddler to- tower, and she climbs, and I take her to the playground. She climbs up the slide, and yeah, she's probably a bit too small, but I'm always there. But when my husband comes home from work and he sees her doing that, he's like, oh, no, we can't let her do that. She's Mm going to fall. She's going to get hurt, which makes me feel like I'm neglectful. And, like, Mm -hmm. I'm not on my phone when she's doing this. I'm Mm -hmm. paying attention to her. And if she, like, stumbles, I catch her. So, like, my grievance isn't with his parenting style, but, like, I guess I need validation with mine Uh, (laughs) that I'm not, like, doing it wrong. I feel like Tommy is going... Yeah. Because I am your husband and you are Tommy in this situation. <laughs> so, uh, but I know that Tommy wouldn't allow them to do things that are dangerous. I right. think I'm just more on edge about stuff. So but that doesn't mean either one of us are right or wrong. It just means we're different. So, yeah, yeah. if you're there and you're not just like, like, I always think about that scene in the Babadook when all of a sudden that kid's just <laughs> on top of that big ass playground thing. And I'm like, who, how did you get up there? Turns out I think he was a demon. I don't remember that movie. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, I think that that's okay. You're doing a great job. Thank you. 
Thank you. As I a wanna, teacher, especially, and then you got an 18-month-old, you're killing it. And I want her to be a strong woman. And she will be, because she'll know patriarchy. how to climb That's to right. the top of a building. Yes. She's climbing. She gets up her body strength. What? That's how you smash the glass ceiling. Is what, with precisely. Big old baby Thanks. arm. What grade do you teach? 11th and 12th. Actually, some of my former students are here. Whoa, shut oh! up! That's how you know and you're cool. We aren't from here. We're from a really small town in Michigan. Whoa! Yeah. Wow, you got yeah. a cool teacher. Did y'all know that? Yeah, Can't they knew yeah. already. Yeah, you're dressed like that. You're a, you're the cool hot teacher. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. I love it. I like that you're you, a 12th grade boys? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> They're thinking about stuff. Yeah. No, I don't like... You well, know the fact that, that, right? you're, that you're a professional educator that works with children and your husband has the audacity to come home and be like, <laughs> you don't know how child development works. <laughs> He's not saying that. You don't you know, know how to rear but, children. But like, all right, well, one of us here has studied mm-hmm. all about kids and I, growing. To be fair, it's high school, so I but, don't... I, like, I, I don't... But didn't you know learn. Kids, they're just but. giant babies. First yeah. of all, he didn't. Yeah, he he didn't go through all the classes too, unless Mm-mm. he's also a teacher. No. But no. so then you just be like, well, you know, I'm a little bit of an expert on this. Mm-hmm. So as the fun and I let him climb on whatever, and then we deal with the aftermath. <laughs> Mom has the band aids. Exactly. You're doing a great job. Doing Thank a great you. job. Thank you so Thank much. You. <laughs> We have time for one more. You can battle it out amongst yourselves, or probably the line works. You get to come next. Uh, what's your name and pronouns? Uh, hi, I am Drea. She, they. Drea. Um, Drea. Thank Drea, you. Yep. Uh, so I work in an office, and I am the customer service manager. And essentially, that means that a bunch of sales guys pitch things to people, and then I have to actually make them happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so you run the company, is what you're saying. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a man, and so we're a pretty small team. Several grows. <laughs> there always is. Uh, yeah, isn't God. there always? Um, so we're a pretty small team. We're really chill. We have text. We have Skype. We have email. We have each other's cells. And there is one man who he'll call my cell phone, and if I do not answer, that's it. No, no message. No Skype. No nothing. Um, and so I am a type A person and immediately I fall into the trap <laughs> and I send him a text or a Skype or a call him back and go, hey, I see that you called. What did you need? Um, and my husband, who is also unfortunately a man, um, <laughs> insists this is the wrong course of action. He's like, just ignore it. He didn't leave you a voicemail. He mm-hmm. made no effort to follow up or tell you what he needed. Mm-hmm. Just let it go. Like, yeah, that's hard for people like us. You need yeah. it resolved, right? It's like that checklist. Well, it's going like, to eat at you, and you're all night. You're like, God, what did he want? Did I forget to do something? What, what did I forget to do? And then it like ruins your night, so it's almost like less anxiety-inducing if you just get it handled. Yeah. But I... but. <laughs> I am you, your husband is Tommy in this scenario, <laughs> and Tommy would also say, let it go, and now, there was a time where I would have followed up. Now I'd be like, if they want to get a hold of me, they can leave a message, I'll call them back. Yeah, I would is say. Is that important? Yeah, instead of just call them the last time, or the next time you call them and be like, just FYI, I know I usually call you back, I'm not going to be doing that going forward. The new policy will be, <laughs> if you need to reach me, do and whatever your preference is. Put mm-hmm. it in your voicemail, too. Thanks so much for calling. If you don't leave me a voicemail or follow up with an email, you won't hear back from me. Love it. Thanks. Perfect. That's very good. And it yeah. all, it, yes, it's very polite. Yes. But also, like, it sets your boundaries of what you're willing to do. Because of all ways to contact me, calling me on the phone, kill, kill me. Worse. I... 
would I will go to such great lengths. I will live chat with customer service for a half a day before I pick up a phone <laughs> and call someone because I just I have phone anxiety. I don't like doing it. There's like two people in my life I'll talk on the phone to, and one gave birth to me, and one impregnated me twice. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. But everyone else, I'm like, text me. Yeah, don't, don't make me we, talk. Aside from when we record and stuff, like, I, I would call you on the phone. I, if you called me, I would assume there was an emergency. Yeah, no, yeah. I would never. There was one time we were having to do, like, a three-way call of a business thing, and I was like, we haven't been on the phone together. I don't think I know your phone number. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But yep. that's how much, yeah, we just text each other. But, yeah, my, the uh, last line of that pro- proposed voicemail was, and fuck off into the moon. But you can't say that, so don't. Because you want to keep your We're job. We're not that casual. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Seem like you well, your job. yeah. Set your boundaries and don't, work, don't, don't let it ruin it. your night. Don't feel bad about try it. Try to let it go. I'll try. All right. <laughs> Thank you know. so much. Final ruling. Sorry, you you all. We got to get to the meet and greet, though. Thank you all so much. You've been a fantastic Thank crowd you. tonight. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you to everyone in the back room. They've been so great to us. Please be great to them. Thank We've you. had such a great time. Thank you to Judy. I know you're here in spirit. Yeah, you're You'd here be in here spirit. in body if you could yeah, be. Yeah, much like Guido Fister, Judy is here in spirit. <laughs> if you're VIP, stay seated. They'll tell you what to do if this is the end of your night. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Thank you, guys. We love providing Sinisterhood to you at no cost. So if you like what you hear, consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We're a small operation, creating the show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those enrolling the airwaves and getting into it tier, a special shout-out on the show, a monthly bonus mini-sode, and patron-exclusive content including Am I the Asshole, Relationship Advice, Judge Christie, Dear Sinister, True Crime Headlines, and so much more. Plus, patrons in our Getting Into It tier are also able to vote on a bonus content segment each month that they would like to see us live stream. This month, it's the 16th, correct? Yes, November. I'm going to pull up the calendar. We want to be 100% sure. Yes, November, Wednesday, November 16th is going to be the live Mm Q&A. Thursday, November 17th is going to be the live stream bonus content. Awesome. You also have the fun perk of access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We hop on occasionally, and we host monthly Q&As on Crowdcast, where you can ask us all your burning questions. This month, it is the 15th. The 16th and the 17th. Oh, I am sick. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, time is meaningless. I am dying inside. (laughs) Yeah, that's what you keep doing stuff, and I'm like, you're very sick. Stop doing that. (laughs) I'm not doing stuff that exposes people, though. No, I mean, like, you're like, I'll work on this, or I'll go do this in the house. I'm like, go lay down. How about lay down? Yeah, I'm going to lay down in a minute. Please, Watch these please. election results roll in. <laughs> don't. Don't. <laughs> I don't think I should. <laughs> for patrons not in the U.S., congratulations. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> you also have the option to pay in pounds or euros, which save you the cost of the conversion fee. Annual memberships are also now available, and those that select this option are rewarded with a free month of membership. For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit SinisterHood.com and click Patreon on the top banner. And make sure you stick around after our sign-offs to hear your shout-out. 
So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. You want to get some cool Sinisterhood swag, like maybe hoodies to stay warm or fun beanie hats, visit Sinisterhood.com and click on Shop on the top banner. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. You can also share any episode by clicking the three dots in the top right corner and share topic-based playlists from Spotify by visiting Sinisterhood.com slash playlist. All of this means so much to us and really helps podcasts like us get more exposure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod, like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood, and follow us on YouTube and TikTok at Sinisterhood Podcast. Christy, where are you at on the computer? I am on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace and Twitter and TikTok at Christy or GTFO. Heather? I'm on Twitter at MCK versus the world, and I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Heather versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Thank you so much for supporting the show on Patreon. Here are your special Patreon shoutouts. Tabitha Zietlow. Mara Wayna. Nicole Munoz. Isabella Porter. Carlin Moore. Kirsten. Ken Roberts. Daria Campbell. Jess Powell. Dagna Fusco. Marcy Asher. Junie Durling. Ashley Butterfield. Rhonda Helvey. Katie Judge. Shell Leroux Waite. Elizabeth Marciano. Brittany Cannon. Jordan Husk. And Kendra G. Thank you so much for supporting the show. We hope you pronounced your names correctly. We sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. We could not do this without you. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep it creepy. Mwahahaha. <laughs> Sin